show 292 and we got a good one for you we're going to be dropping the knowledge giving you the ff goo like nobody else is is able to do we got uh they are calling this show holy shit it's already week 11 uh, <laughs> <laughs> season's cruising by and uh i really can't believe that it's gone by this fast it seems like yesterday that we were all drafting and seems like even seems like the draft itself NFL Draft was uh, a mere couple months ago. So, time flies when you're having fun. We've got four teams on bye this week. Carolina Panthers, Indianapolis Colts, New York Jets, San Francisco 49ers. Any of your guys that you've got on that team, actually a pretty pretty good week uh, for not too many players getting missed. Um, but if you got any guys, make sure you sit them. Uh, what's up, dudes? You guys fired up to get into the uh, matchups for week 11? Yeah, as, as per usual, who, who, awesome. I'm as per usual. Who are you here with? Oh yeah, sorry. See, I did holy shit, wrong. it's week eleven I knew already. I did something wrong. Jeez. Yeah, we're getting going. I haven't even taken my first sip of Alberta yet. Well, cheers, cheers to you on that. There bro. you go. As usual, to my left, I've got Houdini. Across the way, I got Stag Party. I'm D Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com, and we are doing shit out of order tonight. Um, big news today. We'll talk about it quickly. Um, all right, you want to, we'll just talk about it when we get to that matchup. Let's get into uh, let's <laughs> Holy just, shit, it's week 11. Week 11, man. <laughs> I, uh, I got back here from work in just the nick of time, so I'm decompressing. I'll feel, I'll feel a little more fantasy football here in a couple minutes as you guys get rattling off the good stuff. So, tomorrow night, uh, November 16th, we got a good Thursday night matchup, and that's going to be the Tennessee Titans are going to be at the um, Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's start with the visiting team. Uh, all systems go for uh, Marcus Mariota. What are you expecting against this tougher uh, Steelers defense for the Titans offense? Uh, with Marcus Mariota, you know, he's been okay. He hasn't been great. They haven't really put it together. Still trying to get Corey Davis, uh, you know, intertwined in this offense. Uh, he hasn't really put up very many fantasy points on the season. He's just... One of those sort of streaming options against Pittsburgh on a Thursday night on the road. He's probably somebody I'm going to avoid. He's going to be more in the QB2 range for me than he is a QB1. 
Pittsburgh's one of these stout, uh, stout run defenses, stout pass defenses. They're sort of stout across the board, and that makes it sort of a, a shy away spot, uh, especially against you know Marcus Mariota where they're allowing the third fewest fantasy points. But I'd look for maybe him to get it done rushing. He looked a little bit better and more healthy with his hamstring last week. He did have a big run. So that's something that they can maybe bring to the table. But overall, I'm not dying to start anybody here. Uh, it does look like Pittsburgh will be out. Uh, Joe Hayden, uh, that, that could be a major cog in the wheel. But they seem to have exceptional corner depth this season. But the best way to probably attack these guys is... You know, maybe with a Delaney Walker, but they're still even tough against tight ends. So there's no real weakness in this Pittsburgh defense right now. And, you know, a quick turnaround Thursday night. I'm not dying to start any of these guys except as, like, flex options. Yeah, look at their defense across the board. Third uh, best against quarterbacks, uh, eighth against running backs, third against wide receivers, third against tight ends. So, you know, you, you look at that matchup, and the other thing you got to remember, that includes home and away games, and this is a better defense when they're at home. So, you know, when I'm looking at this matchup, there's not a ton of guys, unless you're looking at it and saying, hey, who might I get some garbage yards from toward the end of the game? Um, you know, you might have a better chance if you, if, if the way that I kind of feel about it, maybe you take a shot at the wide receiver three with the Rashard Matthews or as a flex uh, type of play. But other than that, like I, this is not the game that I want to play Corey Davis in. This is not the game um, that I feel real comfortable with uh, either of the running backs. You know, you know that they're going to want to try to establish it because they're on the road, but I just think it's going to have a hard time, uh, you know, hanging yeah, with Pittsburgh. I, I do think it is more of DeMarco Murray down the stretch than it is Derrick Henry. They're just, you know, they're, they're a team vying for a playoff spot. So right now they're going to lean on that veteran a little bit more. Uh, until he sort of wears down. So uh, his pass-catching ability is also going to give him a bonus. So I'm looking for those guys uh, to be more in the leaning towards DeMarco Murray. Yeah, well, you look at, obviously, Murray did a lot, three touchdowns with uh, not too many touches um, last week. I think he was... It had 18 carries, and then he also got a um, uh, how many different... Four catches. Uh, so he was able to, obviously, when you get three touchdowns on... T- that many looks, you're having a good game. I think we all agree that uh, it's going to be tough to expect that again. Um, but that's too bad. Uh, Derek Henry had started off so he had he started off so promising, you know, especially in the preseason. Uh, and then he really has only had one good game. And if you think that they're just going to kind of run uh, with Murray t- to secure a playoff spot, which I agree with you, um, Derek Henry kind of lost. Lost pick unless Murray gets hurt. But Murray's already been hurt like three or four times throughout the year. He's getting healthier now. The problem is it's the evolution of what they're doing with their offense. And what that is is that why was it so run-heavy last year? Because you were trying to get Marcus Mariota to feel 100% comfortable out there. Well, the more comfortable that Mariota is, the more that he's running an offense and it's being more spread out. And at that point in time, when you have two running backs who need volume touches, you're not going to get volume for either of them. Yeah, the one thing with Corey Davis, though, I think he's on equal playing field with Rashard Matthews. So whichever one you wanted to start as a flex wide receiver three, I feel that's fine. Uh, Corey Davis last week had 10 targets. He's playing you know, upwards of 90% of the snaps now. He's moving into the slot a little bit. He's moving all around the formation. Uh, so that gives him a little bit of flexibility. Rashard Matthews is also the guy who's playing a ton of snaps at that position. So if you're looking for the two wide receivers, those are them, and you could sort of fade away on Eric Decker to where he's almost 
an unownable asset right now. Delaney Walker just hasn't been scoring touchdowns at the rate that he's used to. Um, but this is, again, a tough defense against Shazier uh, in coverage, so he's not in a great spot to succeed. But as a back-end tight end one, especially in PPR leagues, you know, there's your play. But that, that's sort of it for this team. All right, cool. Uh, let's move on to the Steelers' side of the ball. Big Ben um, made some news this week uh, talking down about all the Thursday night football saying they got to end it after Sherman's injury last weekend. Seems like the uh, the league's coming down on it uh, harder than ever. Uh, do you think the league would ever give in to something like that with the players uh, in, in their next bargaining agreement? Could the, could the players' association basically say we got to take these games off the table or just not a chance? No, they can make them adjusted though to the way that we've talked about ever since they brought on Thursday night and have complained about this quick turnaround time. Get is that you're just not going to get Thursday night football in weeks two and three? You know, you get it in week one when it starts, and then you're not going to get it after you know basically week. Uh, 13, 12, 13 or 12, however you want to schedule. You, you, can, you can spread out bye weeks if you want. Yeah. But the only way you do it is two teams that are coming off of a bye play on a Thursday. Yeah. Then everyone's get full rest. You're going to actually not have to worry about this quick turnaround and, and uh, being more susceptible to injuries. It and just then makes you get more the 10 sense. days after. You get the yeah. 10 it's days after. It's that you're losing, the way that they look at it now is you're losing you know, two to three weeks of potential Thursday night revenue. You can keep that. You can keep Thursday night sort of like you suggested. Add in a second buy. Be much better on the players' bodies. They you know, have two weeks by, you know, one following a Thursday night game uh, or before the Thursday night game, depending on how you wanted to structure it. And then, you know, you have one buy in the first half of the season, one buy in the second half of the season. All you do is you start the season a fucking week earlier. Uh, I mean, NFL starts Well, you're only so adding one more week because we were already at, at, at a 17-week season, yeah. so... Yep. We'd, we would have we would have a eighteen in season pyro podcast then. And how would the NFL complain <laughs> about that? Then now all of a sudden, what they did by doing that is they get an extra week of football revenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Good point. I love it. Good thinking, guys. Um, we just solved the problem. No one listens. I think Jerry Jones should call you guys. And I, I, don't, I don't know. Jerry Jones might. Be yeah, he might not like the Dallas yeah. Cowboy owner or some shit. Yeah, well, I think Street I'd rather have Arthur Journal. Blank give me a call right now. Or, there you go. Yeah. Wall Street Journal reporting. Wall Street's Journal of Sports. Are they are they reporting that their owners are trying to get him out? Yeah. Oh my God, that's not good. This, this should be fun. Oh God, oh, it's everyone be another good off season. Yeah. yeah, everyone in America hates each other, even <laughs> the rich billionaires. So on the Pittsburgh Steelers side, you look at Big Ben. Uh, he's got a great matchup going against these Tennessee Titans players, especially in the secondary. So Le'Veon Bell should do what Le'Veon Bell does. Uh, the question is, can he convert more of his touches into scores, or can he get some more of those high-value targets, which made him such a high-floor player in PPR leagues? Then, at the wide receiver position, you've got the emergence of Juju Smith-Schuster sort of pulling down the ceiling and floor of Antonio Brown. Um who's been targeted just as much as Juju over the last three weeks. Although, let me, let, you know, the one thing I think about this game, and this is kind of in a similar situation to what uh, Tennessee went up against last week, right? When they went up, faced against uh, A.J. Green. A, a guy who completely underperformed uh, the week before, who had, uh, underperformed for a period of time and needed a bounce-back game, and boom, he got his last week with the big 70-yard catch. Is, you know, and this is where the weakness of Tennessee's defense has been. Is this a game? So this is where I, I wonder, being that it's that quick turnaround on Thursday night, 
Is Big Ben going to continue to spread out, or is this finally, I have a feeling this is going to be the game, Antonio gets himself at least four more targets than anybody else in the passing game. Yeah, I can see that. But remember, Brandon LaFell was the guy who was going off last week before A.J. Green got that 70-yard touchdown. True that. Brandon LaFell, what? He had, do you have two touchdowns on the day, or do you only end up with one? I think it was but two. he had, what, a 100-yard game and a touchdown? He had a huge, huge week last week. So it is a great spot for Juju. And if they're going to continue to use Mar- Martavis on you know half the plays, that makes it tough for him, especially with the questionable tag right now. Uh, so I, I do think he's questionable, gonna... Martavis, right now. Yeah. What's I, his injury? Uh, I think he's got a hammy. So oh, Jesus, that's just another thing that you're definitely going Juju over Martavis at this point in the season, from what we've seen. And you know the rest of these guys, uh, Vance McDonald, who got a bunny touchdown last week, Jesse James, they're out. So you're looking at Juju, you're looking at Antonio Brown, and then you're looking at Bell as usual. But I so the talk is. Can you start Big Ben? Hmm. You know what? I, 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 I don't know that you start him with that much confidence. I mean, we're, you know, we're seeing, you know, he's not throwing up five, four, five touchdown games or three touchdown games. He's giving you one, two touchdowns. Uh, you're getting some somewhat decent yardage, but you're not getting enough quality production out of that that I think that you can start it confidently, and then especially on a short week. He's he's 17th ranked quarterback right now in standard fantasy. Where's Drew Brees? Uh, 12th. Yeah. So Cam passed him. Yeah, I mean Brissett's more. Than, he's got one more game, but yeah, I mean Roethlisberger right now. It's, it, he's he's uh, he's. He I mean, how many top positional weeks does he have? Does he even have? Probably two. He's got two. All right. Which is very many though. We just pushed out a piece today. Uh, I love this piece. Top positional weeks. Um, We'll talk about some other things, but I was blown away that uh, Kamara has as many top positional weeks as uh, Le'Veon Bell, as uh, 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 what's a guy on Buffalo Bills, uh, LeSean McCoy, like all those big hitters. Kamara's right up there with them in in putting up top 12 uh, performances. So check out that piece on the site. Stag Party does a great job on that one. I think it's very telling. He's got more. He's got two more than Lashawn McCoy. Two more. That's right. He had more than two. So who else? He's he's the only guy that's got more. He's tied with Gurley and uh, Elliott. So Hunt is tied with five. Melvin Gordon's tied with five. Le'Veon Bell's tied with five. Uh, Leonard Fournette has five, but in only seven games. And then Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott have seven. Yeah. That's uh, but that's pretty impressive. Kamara, fucking Jesus, Louise. This year. is this is in a standard league too, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah. that's the more surprising. Yeah. Part. Wow. Think about how many points, more points he's got in the other one. All right. Uh, let's go. Anything else you guys want to talk about uh, when it comes to the Steelers? Uh, I think it is Ben Roethlisberger. Just real quick, I think you can start him with a little bit more confidence than that. He is at home against uh, you know tougher run defense than they are a pass defense. Uh, and just his ability to hit the deep ball should be something great uh, against this Tennessee Titans defense. Plus, he always seems to be that guy that starts to get going late. And when there's late games, um, I think he's 36-16. and 16. He completes 65% of his passes. Uh, he, he shines under the bright lights. 86 touchdowns with 43 interceptions. So this is a prime time spot for Big Pen when he usually shows up. 
Cool. Well, before we get to the next game, I'm going to do a quick shout-out to our boys, the Archer and Stag Party right here uh, in the Fantasy Pros, uh, Fantasy Football Accuracy Week-to-Week uh, Challenge uh, for Week 10. Uh, the staff rankings done by our Pyro Heat Index, done by Stags and Archer. Uh, we finished number three this week, uh, which is awesome. Um, out of uh, about 125 uh, different folks, um, and on the season so far, we are number one at running back. We've been killing it at running back on our um, on our player rankings. Uh, you know, as we've said before on the show, the heat index is a new model. We started it last season. It's a great uh, algorithm and kind of uh, model that that Stag Party and, and Archer are molding and always fixing and updating and trying to. Trying to tweak and uh, keep it up, guys. It's good. Uh, good outing. Uh, our boy um, Waz on the season is uh, still sitting at number nine, I think. Yep. So Waz, Pyro's. Uh, uh, we have uh, a, a few uh, guys doing rankings from Pyro on the uh, Fantasy Pros Accuracy Challenge. Waz is number nine on the season still. Keep it up, Waz. We love you, buddy. I want to uh, get together the three of us and also Waz. And watch football one of these weekends. So before the season's up, we gotta get a uh, a little. I don't little, leave my cave on Sunday, dude. You gotta do it. Come <laughs> on, let's get shite faced on, on some Valverdes and watch some football. See, fine. Let's do it during the playoffs, you bastards. <laughs> um, all right, let's go. Uh, let's go on to that next game, and that's gonna be the first one. Uh, Lions in Chicago at Soldier Field. Um, can I say something? Yeah, I can't on. believe you guys thought the Bears were going to beat the Packers last week. You guys were all in on the Bears juju and left a bad taste in your mouth. I was. I, we were drinking. We were drinking. I also the Bears was, 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 was looking at. You know, you had a. a it's, it's an aptitude because you had a team coming off of a bye versus a team that was playing on Monday night. A team that at home that looks completely lost against uh, the Detroit Lions and. Uh, you know, the Bears were the medicine that the Packers need. The Bears were always the medicine that the Packers need. You know, what is it? Out of the last 53 games, the Bears have won 14 against them. Oh, that's not good, Bob. Deeney and Rex got it going on at the tailgate, though. No, we got there. He picked like Stacy's mom? He, yeah, oh, we got it going on. <laughs> we, yeah, exactly. We, he picked me up. We, we took this back route. Uh, Lakeshore Drive back route. We were literally there from my front door to there in like seven minutes. Pull right in. He's got rock star parking. We had the grill set up. We were drinking brews. I mean, we were pretty. We were pretty. I had a sweet buzz going by they, the time they, I walked in. They thought it was supposed to pour the entire time. It did not start raining until we just that, packed yeah. up. Literally just packed up the tailgate. So it was perfect. Yeah, it was good times. So I appreciate that. Until then, the game less. started. Yeah. Then the game started and. Uh, I remember a lot of plays, but not a ton. (laughs) A lot, but not a ton. Not a ton. All right, Lions. Stafford, um, obviously it seems like his... uh, All his arsenal is at his uh, disposal right now with Galladay finally coming back. Uh, you got T.J. Jones getting becoming um, uh, an, an option and being um, very serviceable as, as now the fourth, I, I suppose. Tate's healthy, and Marvin Jones is playing out of his mind. Uh... I would say, would it be crazy for me to say that it might be the best receiving core in the uh, NFL right now? I think it's maybe the, Pittsburgh. I think it's the deepest, like top to bottom. They've got a great receiving core, but I don't think they have those star players that just transcend yeah, yeah. a guy like Antonio. Or agree, like agree, that. agree. Um, but what do but, you think can happen in this game against the Bears? 
So the Lions the are one of the teams the Bears always play tough. In their last three matchups, uh, the Lions have scored a combined 58 points. You break, divide that by three, that's something like 19.3 a game. So you're looking at not a lot of scoring potential here. Uh, but with how hot Lions are playing, how hot Matthew Stafford is, and how they're trying to catch the Minnesota Vikings, there is a spot for them to do it, especially with how guys like Kendall Fuller and Prince Amukamara struggled in coverage last week after you know people were talking up their, their past the back part of their secondary. So... You know, I think Marvin Jones is another wide receiver three play, but I think Golden Tate's locked in. Uh, he's gone over 85 in each of his last three games. Uh, he's you know scoring touchdowns right now. He's getting six or seven passes a week. So Golden Tate's locked into lineups, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, Marvin Jones is that streamable player. Uh, you know, flex type wide receiver three, maybe even a little bit higher. Then you're looking at a guy like Galladay. Galladay played just 11 snaps last week, um, but did make a big impact play down the field, and that's something he can do. But he's probably going to be more in that range of you know, 50% of the team's snaps as the season goes on. What kind of target share can you really project for that? So that makes him one of these boom-bust type players or a guy who we're going to need a touchdown from. And that's just not something I want to put in my lineup, especially this week against the Bears. Uh, although they can sort of be beaten deep down the field because their corners aren't the speediest guys around. Uh, but then you look at the backfield. Amir Abdullah scored. Theo Riddick scored. And, you know, on a reception touchdown. Theo Riddick's been getting back involved the last couple weeks, which has been good. I think that's something that continues. And I think this team knows that they've just got to stick with the short passing game, stick with what works, and let Matthew Stafford, you know, make adjustments. Yeah, but I just kind of have a feeling it's going to be another one of those tough games for the Lions. It's just going to be one that they're going to be stuck in a dogfight with the Bears. Um, You know, I, I... I just have, you know, I was kind of going back through game logs of, of Stafford against the Bears, and it's like 262 and one touchdown, one interception. There's like one that he's got 312 yards, one touchdown, four interceptions. Then he's got 263, one touchdown, one interception. It's like it's just never all that exciting. It's, it, it's I don't know if it's, you take the dome team out and you put them outside in, uh, in late in, in, in November, and all of a sudden they just don't have the same explosiveness uh, that they do when they're at home. I think that is one factor. Uh, it's a big factor. So you know, but they also I, I have a feeling too. After the Bears had the complete huge letdown against the Packers, this is that kind of game that all of a sudden you, you just snap back from a bit and and you stick it to your division opponent. And, and for whatever reason, uh, in, in the 14 games, as the Bears have been absolutely horrible, that Matthew Stafford has played against him, he's eight and six. Well, you look at Stafford right now. He's on a nice four-game streak, and he's actually, I mean, he's been over over 22 points in the last three, uh, four weeks, back-to-back 26-point games. So he, you know, we had one game with no touchdowns, but otherwise, I think in his last five games, he's thrown at least two or three touchdowns or over 300 yards in every game. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, he, so I and I, it seems like Stafford is always like kind of. I know the Bears play him tough, but Stafford's never like frightened to be himself and let it let it loose against the Bears. I'm just saying, don't expect it to be one of those 
throw for 330 with four touchdowns or three yeah, touchdowns. Yeah. It's going to be one of those grinded out toward the end. It could be that last drive where it could be a Theo Riddick touchdown at the end that lets him finish with 275, 280, and two touchdowns. Yep. Cool. I, I, th- I like that, that puts him more on the back end, QB1, you know, almost QB2 range. Then it does his locked-in starter this week. Where do you, do you uh, I, sorry, if I'm putting you on the spot, I'll pull up the rankings now, but where do we have uh, right now uh, Stafford ranked for the week? Ooh. And it changes, as we said, while you're looking at that. Just make sure you know that uh, you check, make sure you check out the, the rankings. Stags is, is tweaking those things. Most importantly, uh, most check well. it like an hour an before hour. game time. That's when you got to make your in last decisions yeah. anyway. Yeah, don't, don't. Don't don't wait to ask us all the second opinions and stuff on social media an hour before because but <laughs> right right but, no, but check check, but check the out check out the player rankings because that's when they're uh, they're at their finest. I think he's like a top five or six player. Okay, he's five right now, but the Bears that's crazy. The Bears are the thirty first. They're a top, they're a staunch defense this year against uh, quarterbacks. Yeah, they are allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points on the season, um, but. Now it's more touchdowns than it is yardage, so gotcha. uh, let's look for go let's the look Bears. at the Bears side. Yeah, go to the Bears. Uh, with the Bears, you want to talk about Jordan Howard and then yep. maybe Dontrell Inman. Uh, and that's about I it. Think, I think you can talk about Dontrell Inman now. The fact that he was able to make that type of a contribution coming cold off the street. Um, you know, you know, after basically sitting on a bench on on San Diego for the entire or San Diego, oh, I did it, Los Angeles for the entire season. You know, look, he came in, he may be in, at his best a in a real NFL team, a wide receiver three, but he's the wide receiver one on this Bear team. <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with you there. But does the city matter if you're just sitting on the bench anyways? Deep thoughts. They both, they, they're both in Southern California, so they both got good weather. Yeah, I would bench. love to sit on the bench there. That'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> sounds awesome. Yeah, it's like, do you want to be? Do you want to be the backup quarterback in LA, or do you want to be the backup quarterback in Green Bay? Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Brett Hundley, he's the man now. The yeah, man, the man, and also from UCLA. So that's a funny uh, yeah, transition yeah, there. Uh, well, uh, can I get a? Uh, Canceled undercover police program from the 80s. New idiots are officially transferred. Where do we report? Down on Jump Street. 21 Jump Street. So with uh, Dontrell Inman, I think it's a big factor that he was moving the chains last week. He had the most first down conversions by a Bears wide receiver this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made some big plays, but he also did have one big drop. That's something that you could see out of him. He, you know isn't the most consistent guy from play to play, target to target. But he's got some explosiveness and he brings he's got some size that these other guys don't have. So I think Inman's a guy you can add on a spec. Uh, I think in a league where I'm desperate, I'm going to play him this week. Well, and the other thing that you have to expect after how the Bears were just kind of embarrassed, especially in the first half of that game with their offense, Dowell Loggins has to be more uh, willing to to change it up. You can't just run the ball on first down every single play. You got to start throwing the ball early. And it wasn't until they were forced to when they were down by ten points in that game that all of a sudden they started opening up the offense. My so, head's about to pop off. 
Like, why do you expect Dallas to suddenly change That's my and point. be good? I don't. I'm not expecting him to be good. I'm expecting him to. Can you change your tendency by no 15 percent? You're bad. You know, so <laughs> you're bad. So that's that's the problem where it hurts uh, a guy like Inman. You know, so um, you know what my nickname for Dowell is? Dowell Rod. Hey, you know they're good in furniture. Yeah, you need him. You need him certain things, except for on the. He bear. coaches like a piece of furniture. I mean, he's there. It's like, it's like putting a, uh, it's like a round a round peg in a uh, in a square hole. It's kind of like no. He's, he's that furniture front. where you you know he's that he's that that, that five uh, drawer chest that's sitting in the, in the corner of the uh, of, of the locker room. You know, and just say, look, Dowell's here. He's been here. He doesn't leave here, but. but <laughs> That's all he does, you know. The way, you know, you got to open the drawers yourself. It doesn't do anything. Dowel, dowel. And then it's. I went a long way on that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Where were you? IKEA earlier today or something? No, remember, I used to be in the furniture business. Oh, that's true. Uh, I do think you know this is a pretty good game for Jordan Howard to succeed, though. Uh, but they need to be a little bit more creative with getting him the ball. It's just not happening. It's every first down he's getting it, and they're just stacking it up against him. So, uh, you know, but I expect Howard to be involved, and this should be, you know, a pretty good game for him. Uh, the Lions don't have any real impact run stuffers. They're 21st in the league against opposing running backs. 21 Jump Street. All right, let's go on to the next game. Huh? Next game, we're yeah. up this one. Nice. You're gonna have, you're gonna be like, I've had enough of the next game too. Cool, I agree. Before we get to the, I've had enough of the next game. Let's do us a favor and listen to a word from our sponsor. All right, I haven't even started it, and I'm already sick of this game. The Jaguars at the Browns. Let's start with essentially the only player that you can start in this on the Jaguar side, in my opinion. Chime in if I'm wrong. And you, can start Blake, you can start Blake Bortles this week. You can? Okay. Uh, okay. So there you go. So Blake Bortles, start with him, and then we'll go to Fournette, and then we'll move on to the Browns, which might have a, maybe a player to start. I mean, with Fournette... It is a tougher run defense. The Browns are allowed, have allowed just this season six, 681 rushing yards to opposing running backs on 219 carries. It is the only thing they're doing well. Like, they're pretty you know, staunch against opposing running backs, and especially in the run game. They can be beaten a little bit through the air by opposing running backs. Uh, that's not necessarily Leonard Fournette's strong suit. They did use him there early in the season, but they also have started to mix in T.J. Yeldon now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that they decided that Yeldon's sort of the better, you know, player than Chris Ivory, he was the guy who was second in snaps behind Fournette. He was the guy that they preferred in third down situations. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, and he has a decent PPR floor if you're absolutely desperate at the position. Um, but I think you're starting Fournette, and you could start Blake Bortles here, but there is word of potentially some inclement weather, which may, might give you a little bit of reason to fade away from him in the end. Uh, but we'll have to pay attention to that as we go closer. And, and finally, basically, we've talked about it. They haven't allowed a player over, what, 66 yards rushing this season? Yeah. So there's, there's not much to love about Leonard Fournette's matchup. But last week, again, you loved Leonard Fournette's matchup, and then they decided to let Blake Bortles throw it 50 well, well, That's just the whole yeah, thing. Right? When, you, well, when you have a player like Fournette, this is, this is always where you have to just adjust your thinking and say, okay, he's my running back two this week. 
He's not leaving my, 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 my roster, but at the same time, I can't expect him to give me that high-end production that he could. Is this still a residual effect of him missing, being late or whatever? Is, is the coach Bradley still trying to do this? He's <clears throat> like, guys, I think, the, what was the stats? Bortles, uh, while he was going off, and, Bo- and they got four in that sitting, um, Bortles threw two, two, uh, two interceptions, went two for 15 or something, and was garbage. You got Fournette sitting on the bench, and you're trying to win a game. Yeah, yeah. but Fournette had also averaged 1.9 yards per carry on yeah. 17 attempts. Still. So it's not like they gave him opportunities. That's it's not the like they gave him 10 or 12 carries that says, hey, you know, this is still us benching you. Still. And you're not, and you're not looking at it going, oh, TJ Yeldon's getting eight carries while, while he's getting 17. He only got three. So th- They just the abandoned ball. the run game. Yeah. Which yeah, okay. is, that's on them. And yeah. this is where you also got to consider too, when you're looking at it and saying, okay, if I'm looking at these, you know, do I have, if I'm a desperation play, do I have an Alan Hearns, do I have a Marquise Lee? Alan Hearns is going to be out this week. Okay, so maybe Marquise Lee actually becomes a decent play. Look, he got 11 targets even with Hearns out there last week. I think he scored a touchdown at least like two or three of the last two of the last three weeks. He's he's uh, you know not going to give you ridiculous amounts of yards, but he gets a heavy amount of targets and. You know, and in this type of a matchup against Cleveland, who's going to be doing a good job, and they may have to commit an extra person in the box in order to to to, to go after Fournette. Hey, it just gets these more one-on-one matchups for Marquise Lee. But it also means potentially more one-on-one matchups for D.D. Westbrook, who they That's say he's going to get on the lineup here, and was the pre- have they activated him yet? Yeah, they will. Who? They will, but they haven't. Because I got a lead. And unless he's flipping activated, no one can add him. Because I tried to add him, and I got him taken off my team uh, two weeks ago. Well, I, when he came off the pump, uh, but he wasn't actually removed you like from him? IR. I, I do, just because his speed down the field gives them a dimension that they haven't had. But they have gotten, you know, Kayleen Clay a little bit more involved uh, as that sort of deep threat. But D.D. would like, also help out Marquise Lee, because Lee is not that player, and he needs someone else to take some of that pressure off the middle of the field. Yeah, I think that's it. All right, guys, we're done. Oh, Cleveland, Cleveland Browns. I mean, this looks Not like... Not much to say on this one, either. On the season, if you look at the stats allowed rushing by the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're going to look awful. But since the addition of Marcel Darius, they're allowing just 58 rushing yards per game. So they're much, much better against the run. So they're not that run funnel that they were early in the season. And, then, and that makes it tough to go out on a limb and say, yeah, i got to start Crowell here. But can, I, can, I, can I give you the stat? Okay, think about this. So last week, Melvin Gordon, we could say one of the better running backs in the league, sure. against this defense, 16 rushes for 27 yards. All right. So get you some of that. Give it. Give this it. could be a game where Duke Johnson does better. They just got destroyed by Austin. They they just got destroyed by Austin Eckler, basically on two identical routes in the flat. Uh, so that make good for Duke Johnson out of the backfield. Uh, the question is, is Deshaun Kaiser's ribs healthy enough to get him back in the lineup and starting? Because he had another awesome fantasy performance due to his legs. Uh, and but it's the Jags. You're not going to go out there and start Deshaun Kaiser against the Jags. But, yeah, can, can his legs open up some holes for Crowell and maybe Duke Johnson in limited carries? Yeah, Duke seems to be uh, seems to be on the downside, right? Yep, but this should it, it lines up as a better week for a Duke Johnson than it does a Crowell. 
But they haven't used in Crowell in the past game as well, so that makes it a little bit tougher to just go out and say start Duke. Um, then the passing game side, you know, Ninjoku, DeValve, they're eating into each other. Um, and then you're looking at the return of Corey Coleman this week, but you don't want him going up against Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye. Uh, and, you know, Kenny Britt's sort of the same way. So, so Corey Coleman comes back and plays this week. Do you like him as a rest-of-the-season pickup in for <sighs> three weeks from now? I don't like anything about the Browns. That's the problem. I'm like, you don't want to start Isaac. Corey Coleman in the playoffs? Like I'm not, but, you know, it's like something. there's injuries. There's there's You can benches. start Corey Coleman in your toilet bowl. Like, that's all I got for you. <laughs> in, your in your toilet bowl. <laughs> I'm like thinking of one of those one of those uh, bubble commercials where a bunch of things, and then all of a sudden Corey Coleman's like coming up and gets swiped out, and I'm not even stoned. Um, so, let's go on to the next game. <laughs> uh, let's go to the Ravens at the Packers. We'll start with the Ravens side. Um, now, Jesus Christ, this, this, this is a real... This is a real shit sandwich fest of, game, of teams in a row here. Hopefully, we move on here in a minute. Why but, couldn't uh, we? Why wouldn't that? Why didn't that decide to go to the Bear game this week, guys? Uh, like you could look at twelve different quarterbacks this week. And be like, what the fuck is the NFL putting out here? Like, right. you're gonna see Nathan Peterman and Brock Osweiler. Uh, you know, if Philip Rivers is out, maybe you see Cardale Jones or Kellen Clemens. Oh my uh, God. There's. It's just not great, the product that's being put out. I mean, and the worst quarterback of of them all might be Joe fucking Flacco. It's crazy. And he gets the tits matchup against the... uh, Joe fucking Flacco gets the tits. Joe fucking Flacco. I mean, that's what you get when you make a hundred fucking million dollars. You get get the tits once in a while. I agree. Um, Damn well better. And you get a lot of shit around you. uh, Against Green Bay... You know, the corners aren't very good. It, it allows great matchups for Mike Wallace, uh, Jeremy Macklin in the slot. So those guys are, are sort of in that wide receiver three flex range. But the upside's probably capped because Joe Flacco's throwing the ball and he just hasn't gotten it going. Uh, Danny Woodhead could be back for this matchup. That's he may the one make that an interesting it play. All up. If Danny Woodhead's back, then you absolutely cannot trust Javorius Allen. Um, and it may might be a combination of Danny Woodhead and uh, Alex, Alex Collins as the rushing counterpart. Uh, the, the Packers are a little bit better against the run. They just shut down Jordan Howard last week. Uh, Mike Daniels is a bad motherfucker in the middle of that line. So you're not you know going out wanting to start Alex Collins, but there is a chance where you know he's got the most yardage in the league among running backs with, without a rushing touchdown. So if you're looking for that cheap dart throw on, like maybe a DraftKings or a FanDuel, uh, he does provide an option there. But he's like a flex play at, at running back. So everybody's fluxious. And then Joe <laughs> Flacco, I guess, is also QB2-ish. My thing, when I look at the return of Danny Woodhead, at least while they're still in it. And if four and five, it's crazy to say, but... Uh, isn't Buffalo have the last playoff spot right now, which is at five and four? Yeah. So you're one game back. So at, at this point in time, I, I look at it that if Woodhead makes his return, 
he might be the guy that becomes a much bigger part of this offense than people think. Uh, and I agree. Javoris Allen is the one who's going to take the big hit because where he's been getting that extra juice uh, in, in, the, uh, in the passing game, I think it goes away. Now, the one thing about Woodhead is I don't think Woodhead was going to be a big candidate to get a ton of carries anyway. And so what will happen is I think they'll still use Allen like they kind of have been sometimes on their short yardage type situation. So I think that Allen, is, uh, he takes the big atrophy, but it also is going to eat into Alex Collins. So I still think that Woodhead might be the best potential guy to have out of that situation, especially if they're staying close in this playoff race where, hey, they, they don't have complete separators on their on their uh, passing game anyway, and Flacco will check it down to them. So. so Woodhead's been practicing for the last couple weeks, and now they're finally ready to unveil him. Do we know that for a fact, or is it maybe still a week away? That's one of those things that's sort of up in the air. They said if he has a good week of practice this week, he should be activated. The anticipation was you were coming off of the bye. This is when you were planning to bring him back. Well, don't rush him back. Give him that extra week. So, it, Do you it, like him as a pickup for people out there? He's, as I said, I like, it, I like it for a, a not to start this week. But, but pick him up. Pick him up in order to start, to, as I'm saying. I don't think that his game gets affected as much. I think that he, because of, uh, look, this is a... This is a Harbaugh-led team that, look, everybody's a veteran, right? You have from Macklin to Wallace to all these guys. You don't have young players out there. So who are you going to trust at this point in time? They're going to trust the old dogs. And we remember that that first game before he got hurt. It was it was looking like, holy crap, Woodhead could be a stud. So your Stags party thinks that everyone on the Ravens uh, is acid reflex. Oh, oh, God, I'm awesome. Forgot to read him his Miranda rights. Do you even know the Miranda rights? <laughs> I was hoping you would have had him trying to uh, say have, the Miranda rights. I have a little bit of it. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, one of the best pieces. Sorry, uh, I got to do it. One of the best pieces I've seen in a while from Deadspin was. There's no fucking way Donald Trump knows the lyrics to the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. Packers! Packers, you saw a little bit more from Brett Hundley. You saw him sort of get going. You saw Devontae Adams have another nice game. You saw some incredible throws from Brett. That, that was awesome to see. So he's starting to take a couple steps forward, but he has to face this tough Baltimore Ravens team coming off of bye week where they've had time to prepare for him. They know that it's going to be Brett Hundley running a little bit of zone read concepts, uh, and also with the sort of banged up hand. So how effective is he as a runner? So for Brett Hundley's fantasy sake, I'm staying away. Um, for Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, I'm probably staying away. But he seems to feed Devontae Adams. So that's good. They're just running him on short slants, getting him easy throws. And at running back, that's where the real conundrum lies. Right now, Ty Montgomery's crushed, questionable with his ribs, got knocked out again in that game with his you know, previous rib injury. We don't know if he's going to be active. So if he's not active, then it goes to Jamal Williams, who still hasn't gained more than seven yards on a carry all fucking season long. Uh, so you're looking at a jag back there in Jamal Williams. and then A jag bag or a jag back there? Jag back there. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> or, a jag, a jag or a jag bag back there. Yeah, jag bag back there. That works too. But also, you know, with Aaron Jones out of the lineup, you're going to be looking at Devontae Mays getting his first playing time of the season. We don't know what he could do, but maybe he could bring a little bit more burst uh, than a Jamal Williams. 
Say, hey, Devontae Mays here. No, no one? Run no. like Mays? Hit, hit like... I Deacon it. Jones. I don't know. I, I, I forget. Forget. No, I'm terrible at that movie. Run like run like Hayes. Hit like hit like Mays, Run like run like Hayes. You may run like Hayes, but you hit like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's look at how many points uh, just for uh, all you people that were able to get three great weeks at the beginning of the season before Rogers went down. Um, in the last three weeks of standard scoring, it doesn't improve much on PPR. Uh, Jordy Nelson's got under 10 points. So, at this point, every league I'm in, Jordy's basically on the bench. Is he maybe going to get one of those moments where Hunley gets gets a a big play to him? Yes. But the volume's not there. The targets aren't there. And like you said, it's it's looking like Devontae Adams. That is crazy. Here's the problem. Because, remember, Jordy coming back off of the injury, too, right? So, he wasn't getting as much of the step on on, uh, the DBs that he was in the past. And... The other, what's the other thing that Jordy Nelson is known for? It's Rodgers hitting him on that ridiculous sideline pass where he's the only one that can get it. He does not have any timing uh, with with Hundley back there. Those passes so only they don't exist. Do they don't exist in this offense for yeah. him. So the passes that he gets are the ones where he's cutting toward the sideline and, and, and Hundley basically just throwing it away. Yeah, it's um, it's it's bleak for Jordy Nelson owners. Um, Anything to speak of at tight, at tight end? No, um, no, no. You want to move on? Move on. Yeah, um, All right, let's go on to the Cardinals at the Texans. Here's our, here's our prime, one of our prime quarterback matchups of the day. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert or Drew Stanton. We won't know until the end of the week. Does it really matter? I prefer Blaine Gabbert. I've said that all along. Yeah, you have. And... You know, for fantasy purposes, I think Blaine Gabbert brings a lot of things to the table with his rushing, athletic ability, uh, and fuck it, chuck it style of play. We saw some of it in, in well, he some moments he, last year with and the Niners. He, right, with the Niners. But he should also understand, like, how many more chances do you get, right? So you would hope that he would not come in with any fear. That he yeah, would he just care. be that huck it and chuck it. Like, this is my last chance to make some plays in the NFL. I'm going to make them. Yeah. Go, I'm gonna I mean, look, I'm gonna go down trying. And, and you have pretty decent weapons to be able to do that with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, uh, Larry had his probably his best game since Carson came uh, went down last week. Um, can he keep it up in this matchup? I mean, it's going to depend on who's the quarterback because we don't even know if Blaine Gabbert likes Larry Fitzgerald. <laughs> but if you're going to like somebody to throw to on that team, I, I'd probably choose Larry Fitzgerald over anyone because yeah, he's, he's still good, making yeah. insane catches at his age. So, I think you start Larry Fitzgerald as you know a wide receiver too, uh, with no regrets. And you know they've got <clears throat> the Texans are second worst at allowing points to the wide receiver, so it should be a good matchup for them in that situation. They're giving up twenty five point nine fantasy points per game so far through uh, ten weeks. Yeah, I just want to say Larry Fitzgerald at his age thirty four. Man, I want to go back to thirty four. He's so good. Nah, he's he's so gonna, good. I, if he wants to, as a wide receiver, how, how old was, was Rice when, when? 40. He was 40. How old was Tim Brown? Mm, 37, maybe. I don't Something know. like that. Yeah. yeah. I see I see. Larry could. I, I think, get to I think Larry's, gonna, Larry's made so much money that it's shocking. Um, I see Larry hanging it up pretty soon. I don't know, because I, I see him looking at this. Remember. He had one of the most amazing performances in the Super Bowl and didn't get a ring. 
And, you know, why wouldn't he at some point in time here with a couple years left try to go somewhere where he can be a quality contributor and get a, a, get a ring? I think he likes, he wants to be a one-team player. And I get that. he probably will make so much money off Phoenix University post-career that if he tries to go somewhere else chasing a ring, no, maybe no, no, he doesn't no. get that. No one ring. remembers the guy that where he went that last year. <laughs> no one remembers that. Fair enough, fair enough. Anyone else on these wide receivers? Uh, there's been earlier in the season, we had Jerron Brown, we had J.J. Nelson, we had they're John using, Brown. I mean, they're using them all, and with not knowing who the quarterback is, it's real hard to say. They, they've each sort of made like the one or two standout plays a game, but targets are being distributed pretty evenly against, you know, amongst them. You know, John Brown's playing the snaps, but the targets just start flowing his way. The guy who's seen a pretty decent bump because of Drew Stanton is Jermaine Gresham. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I almost fucking, because you talked about him last week, I almost put him in one of my DFS lineups and I'm watching him score that touchdown. I'm like, mother. It's okay. I, I played Garrett Selleck. Yeah. Fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bastage. Um, what else did we uh, – one, one other question I had is uh, Adrian Peterson. Still getting – still one of the leaders since moving over. Each week he's a top five target touch and look guy. Uh, you like Yeah, he got all the targets and gained the same amount of yards as he did touches last week. So <laughs> looking forward to it. Uh, against Houston, though, it's a little bit easier of a team to run against. He's had you know ten days off now. He should be pretty fresh, so I think he's sort of an RB two range play. He'll still get the volume of touches. So you you know, does he have that big explosion play? Not as much anymore. You know, so you're now you're hoping on volume of six seven yard runs. Wasn't the first play of the game on Thursday night? He fumbled, right? Yeah, I don't remember. Who it was. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was his know. first carry. Yeah. I know that. Um, all right. Anything else to say about this team, or should we move over to the? Texans. Texans. All right, we we'll go over to the Texans side. Another marquee quarterback, Tom Savage. He got. He was. He was quite savage last week. Uh, Salvage, more like. Completed a whopping fifty percent of his passes, one touchdown, two interceptions, and a, a, a and that touchdown, you know, whatever. Well, <laughs> when. when uh, this this team in, in, in the, is lost without Deshaun Watson. They are literally just, just grasping at straws to figure out what their identity is with Tom Savage there. Um, I, I look at them and I say, okay, well, so are you going to commit one way or the other? They don't really commit to the run still. So Lamar Miller, who was actually you know had some decent was running decently, yeah, only gave him eleven carries. I know that you're getting starting to get blown out, but. You either make a commitment to a game plan of how you're going to execute your offense, and I don't know that they have that game plan. Then, if you're a DeAndre Hopkins owner, you got to be happy because when we talk about well, who is Blaine Gabbert going to throw the ball to, you know who Tom Savage is throwing the ball to. For sure. 14 targets. 38% of the targets are going to DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller is expected to be out with a rib injury of his own. Yep. Uh, so then you're looking at Bruce Ellington as the guy likely to get a bump up in targets. But also C.J. Fedorowicz, who returned last week from his stint on you know, IR. So now he's back. He's going to be another guy targeted. I think he's got some value um, you know, for down the stretch run. But... Overall, I think you're starting Hopkins, you're starting Miller because of his volume, and you're avoiding all the other plays unless you're desperate for a Bruce Ellington. <laughs> that sounds pretty desperate. 
Uh, I was trying to think of that song. Bruce. What's that song for Bruce Ellington? Uh, Duke Ellington? No, no, Bruce. Uh, it's like that oh, weird it's song about like ELO or something. Oh, no, no. yeah. Uh, or yes, is it yes? Bruce. I know what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I can't remember what the rest of the day. Well, anyway, while I'm on music, so the opening uh, uh, band. Don't bring me down. Don't bring me down. Bruce. <laughs> Don't bring me down. So one thing I want to say on that, ELO. Uh, that's Jeff Lynn. He produced the, uh, all those all the stuff for the um, uh, Traveling Wilburys and a lot of uh, the guy we had on the show last week, uh, George Harrison's later music. Uh, actually, ELO and Jeff Lynn are coming on tour and playing uh, next summer. They will really? be at Allstate Arena and other places in the United States next summer. Jeff Lynn, check it out. Don't bring me down. All right. Well, hey, oh, so by the way, though, yeah. tomorrow I'm going to see Orgone, one of the bands that I played on the podcast. They're playing at Martyrs here in Chicago tomorrow. I'm really Sweet. excited to check them out. Where are they at? Uh, Orgone. I, I can't remember which okay. one, where they were from. So, but tonight's music is uh, Black and Brown. So uh, we opened up with uh, New Delight, and we're going to close out the day with Tribal Boogaloo. Tribal Boogaloo, all right. A little, bit, a little bit jazzy in there, too, you know. Sweet. I like it. Um, all right, we're going to go to our next game. Uh, but before we do so, let's do this. Help us out and take a listen to this word from our sponsor. All right, the Buccaneers at the Dolphins, Florida and Florida. Supposed to be their bye weeks, and uh, oh, that's this, right. this is the game. Good point. That's yep. funny. Um, yeah, I, wish they were, I bet you they were both wishing they had the bye week right about now, especially Winston and Shoulder. Uh, a lot of buzz this week about uh, John Gruden potentially coming back to uh, the Buccaneers. You think that's just all bullshit and somebody trying to make a story? Everyone's trying to make a story. The best was, have you heard uh, <coughs> someone ask Gruden if he would go back and be a college coach? Yeah. And I think the, the basically the, the, the saying was, I wouldn't be good for your program because uh, I'd get you in trouble. I mean, but he has he ever been a college coach? No, but he would basically say that he doesn't understand the recruiting aspect of it, and he would have multiple gotcha. violations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'd be, his his uh, his corona, his corona, corona hotline, yeah. delivering cash to the you best know, players. You're supposed to make like a certain amount of calls. He just has a guy like constantly, like you know, it's like 38 phone calls per night. He's just leaving all the the messages <laughs> on the answering machine. Uh, Gruden, Hooters and Corona. What a Hooters. Hey uh, man, what a, what a, what a nice gig. If yeah, you get good, those good. for the rest of your life, you're good. Not bad. All right, let's start with the Buccaneers. Uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, I called him Fitzgerald on the show earlier. Sorry. Uh, Fitzpatrick is uh, starting a quarterback. What's the trickle down uh, effects of that? Um, and does it even matter against the Dolphins? I don't think it matters very much against the Dolphins. I just don't think they're a very good defense at all. So anybody you want to start on Tampa Bay is fine, except for probably, you know, the backup running backs. I don't think – I mean, it should be a good week for Doug Martin, but even then he's had good spots where he sort of just let down. Yeah. So I'm not trusting him with any confidence. I think he's more of a RB2 flex play who should see volume. Uh, I think you're starting Mike Evans. Uh, Cameron Bright is a question mark, and Deshaun Jackson is a question mark. Yeah, Cameron Bright, what a disappointing uh, performance he had last week. Um, I mean, the entire Bucks team was a disappointing performance last week. But <coughs> I, I, 
I don't know. I mean, because I'm, I'm a guy who's, you know, who's in a horrible situation with two disappointing tight ends, him and Hunter Henry. Like, who do you who do you go to there in that bag of bones? I don't know. So I guess Cameron Bright. Yeah. Yeah. One's a bag of cocks. Or a bag of dicks is what they'd be bag saying. Of dicks. You can send a bag of dicks to, to somebody. <laughs> I've never done it, and thank God I've never received it. Um, let's move on. Over the last two... <laughs> Sorry, oh. thanks. <laughs> Go with your actual nugget of information. Over the last two weeks, uh, Cameron Brates had seven targets, oh. but caught just two passes for a total of 19 yards. Mm-hmm. And if you could do the math in standard, that's 1.9 fantasy points. That's good. Um, so, you know, there's not a lot of upside looking at it, but maybe he gets that touchdown that he got from Fitzpatrick uh, a couple weeks ago, that first ever Harvard-to-Harvard connection. So you're betting on a touchdown because you don't know if the yardage is going to be there for him uh, like he was with Jameis. Deshaun, you know, he was okay filling in for Mike Evans, not great. With Fitzpatrick under center, I, it, it's really that hit or miss play. Like you're just betting on Deshaun Jackson being better than the other guy across from for like one play. One play, yeah. yeah. One Can play. he connect? He has he, he hasn't done it yet. Yeah, and that's he's always been that way. But he's always he's, he, he's getting older. I mean, his style of game it can't it doesn't uh, sync up with what what his uh, skill set is as much. Well, I, I, I'm going to do a little research on him. You, okay. You what do you guys think about um, Evans coming off the suspension? Um, Lockman. Lock and loaded. Locked and loaded. Um, anyone else want to talk about? Did nope. Dougie Martin, is he going to turn it around? Nope. Okay. I agree. I already talked about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, got offered a trade in one league today with Doug Martin. I'm like, eh, no. Uh, let's go to the Dolphins, and uh, we'll start with the quarterback, Jay Don't Care. Um. <laughs> Jay's in a great spot to have fantasy success. Going to go up against this Bucks team. Bucks team are allowing passing yards like it's their job. They get beat up by opposing wide receivers. We know that you know the Dolphins have a core group of three that are deep, that can hit it long. Uh, so I'm liking Jay Cutler. Uh, against opposing wide receivers, Tampa Bay's allowing the 29th most fantasy points. Against opposing quarterbacks, they're allowing the 25th most. Uh, I think you could start both Damian Williams and Kenyon Drake as like RB3 flexes, uh, depending on your league setup. You know, PPR, I think you lean Damian Williams over Kenyon Drake, but we finally saw that explosive ability from Drake on that one big run. But overall, they need to be in the game. This, this could be one of those games. Where it just seems fucking crappy, but fantasy points fantasy come points. from like all sides. It was like the, both teams are so crappy. It's like t- it was like the Titans against uh, two years ago. Titans against uh, the Jaguars kind of game. Yeah. Where you look at it, it's like record amount. There's like 150 fantasy points in this in this in a high scoring game. I a great call. I love it. Here's the here's the thing I was telling you about Deshaun Jackson. So I went back last year. He had 10 plays of 30 yards or more including four plays of 50 yards or more. He's only had two plays of 30 yards or more so far this year with a long play of 41 yards. Yeah. So there it is. Not happening. It's not happening. Um, all right. Well, do we have anything else that we want to go? Oh, yeah. we got to talk about the Dolphins. So you talked about the running backs. Uh, let's go to the wide receiver. Um, you know, looks I think like... you can lock them all in. I think yeah. Parker's a two. I think Jarvis Landry's a two. Uh, I think Kenny Stills is a wide receiver three flex play. Uh, and then Julius Thomas is the other play here. 
But Tampa Bay is much tougher against tight ends than they are uh, against opposing wide receivers. So There's I, seven I think there you, where they're in the 20s, like you mentioned in the other. I, I think you could just sit Julius Thomas because although he's scoring touchdowns the last couple weeks, that's not something I'm willing to chase. But the volume has been there a little bit for him as of late. A little bit, but you know what it, it, he reminds me of? I just think about with Jay Cutler. He, he, he totally reminds me, if he's scoring the touchdowns, he's Desmond Clark when with, with the Bears. When, when Clark, uh, also a former uh, Bronco like uh, Julius Thomas, had like 14 catches and eight were touchdowns. Yep, right. Um, all right, I think we got them all, right? Dolphins. Touch them all. We got the Dolphins. All right, cool. That should be a, hopefully you're right today. Hopefully that'll be some uh, fantasy goodness happening on that one. Let's go to the next game, uh, and that's going to be the Rams are going to be at the Vikings. We'll start with the Rams side of the ball. Obviously, um, still running hot. Uh, biggest now, pick. Now, first of all, who, who would have thought coming into this game that these two teams would be in first place in their divisions, respectively, both at seven and two? I thought they'd be in contention for wild card spots. I yeah, I, I didn't think no I one thought think, that either of these teams would be seven and two at this point. I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. you could have made an argument for Minnesota based on their defense, but with uh, all the changing going on, you got to give so much credit to McVay. So let's go ahead and let's talk about those. I think this is with the quarterback. I think this is a great fantasy game for both sides. Mm-hmm. So this looks like a game where a lot of points could be scored, even though they both have dynamic defenses at times. So I'm looking for you know Jared Goff to have a strong game against this Minnesota Vikings team, uh, albeit it might be on limited you know attempts. They're not just letting him loose for 35 or 40 attempts a game. He's been in the area of you know 32, maybe 28. They and then they like to run off of that. And so you know I like Gurley. I, I like. Uh, golf. So, who do you like at wide receiver? Because it's sort of well, how about you, you got spray and pray outside of Robert Woods right you now. You gotta love Robert Woods, yeah. though. I mean, at this point in time, he's the one that you can count on consistently. Uh, as far as you talk about uh, play and pray, that's that's the definition of Sammy Watkins. Uh, when, when you're playing him, there's, there's, I, you really can't count on him to bring home anything. And the problem, the other one is the. Uh, the, 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 the story of almost there, almost every week, is Cooper Cup. You know, it's like, oh, Red Zone just missed a touchdown, then all of a sudden doesn't see any more passes thrown his way for the next quarter and a half to two quarters. I mean, Robert Woods basically, since week three, been a wide receiver one. So I think you lock him into your lineup as like a wide receiver three. He might have some upside. Uh, but yeah, we need to check him for HGH. I, uh, I don't remember him ever running as fast as I've seen him run in the last four weeks. He's always been fast. I, I think I think he's always, he was always like that possession guy. When he was on Buffalo. He just said, yeah, I just don't think yeah. he had the right guy getting the ball. Well, didn't run. he play college ball? Wasn't he at USC? USC. And that was like, but the night was that he would, he was a great guy with the ball catch abilities, but he didn't have that break. No, he had speed. yak. Like, everything he caught was slants and, you know, yeah, stop routes. I like him. Yeah, Pac-10 so. or whatever. Yeah. What's up? He was he was still available in some uh, in plenty of leagues this week. You know, it's uh, amazing. But you're right. He had 29 points last week. 19 before. You're you're you're, you're spot on. You look at the targets. They've been there on essentially every every week. Um, every week, basically, he's only had a game with less than four targets once this season. But every week since week three, he's had at least five targets. But he's usually in that six or seven range. Yeah. But I still think he is more of a five for six. 
type of five for sixty type of receiver. Just that the touchdowns have sort of swung back his way uh, in the last two weeks, where he scored four right. combined. Yeah. But his career high is five. So right. do we really expect a giant touchdown train to just start flowing? Or is that is it now going to even back off well, to where he scores one or two more for the rest of the season? I, I could say maybe it could be even a combination of the two, but it's because it's just a matter of who are the weapons that Goff feels comfortable with throwing to. Now, again, uh, granted, uh, of these four touchdowns these last couple weeks, they've been long ones for the most part. So those ones you cannot count on whatsoever, you know, when you're breaking 90, 70-yard touchdown plays. So uh, you, you take those ones off the board, you know. That's why it's still basically a girly type of a team when they're in the red zone. So I think, it'd be, yeah, now that you put it, I, I speak it out loud, I go back to it's going to be one to two more at best. It's one of those guys that if you have him right now and you had someone else out there that's desperate, you can get him to, to you can sell him high as, as hell right now. Well, that's one thing I want to put out there. Um, if you're talking about trading and doing it, you better look at your league and know your rules because the trade deadline is a lot of leagues. Uh, is 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 past or or, or yep. right upon us? So all make sure. If, yeah, mine mine are gone. All mine and uh, I have like my, until through week eleven. So. Yeah. So make sure if you are trying to make some moves in your fantasy team and whatnot, try and make some uh, some move some move some uh, chatter to get something you you're you're, you're coveting. Uh, check your league rules and make it happen soon because uh, I think we've all done it. We've tried to make a tree, trade and then uh, your commissioner's like, uh, no, trade deadline was last two, Wednesday. Two weeks, two weeks late, you moron. Exactly. Who are you? The goddamn uh, Cincinnati or the Cleveland Browns celebrating <laughs> the trade that you can't make? <laughs> I like it, dude. Are we? Cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Hey, Pepsi, Pepsi, no Coke, no Coke, Pepsi, Pepsi. <laughs> all right. Rams, uh, Gurley, you're starting. I'm not... not no reason to talk about it. anything with the tight ends. Higby. All right, let's move on to the Vikings. I mean, the only other thing to talk about is Sammy Watkins. Like, I'm still waiting for him to pass Odell Beckham on the season in targets. <laughs> let's remember Odell Beckham played four games this season. Sammy Watkins currently has 34 targets through nine games. Uh, you know, he hasn't had a single game with double-digit targets. He hasn't had a single game with more than eight targets. He has one seven-target game. So yeah, how many he, games does he have with like three or less targets? Then he must have like four of those. Four. There you go. So I mean, he's the ultimate boom bust asset. Uh, but right now, he scored touchdowns in each of the last two weeks, uh, and they're designing a couple plays for him. You like to see those little jet screens that he was so good at at Clemson. So if they could add those sort of completions and give him a little bit more opportunity, but. Okay, who do you stick Xavier Rhodes on? Do you do you say fuck it and just shut Sammy Watkins down and make Robert Woods and Cooper Cup beat you? Um, I, I I almost honestly think it would be you shut down Robert Woods and, and you make Sammy okay. Watkins beat you. Then, then I like Sammy Watkins. Right. But the, the, the problem is going to be you're not going to know until it happens and they're probably just going to rotate him where, where needed. And the problem again, as you said, with the amount of targets that Sammy Watkins doesn't get... You are really uh, living on a hope and a prayer, you know, to quote uh, Bon Jovi. <laughs> well, can I get a... Hey, Bushwick, can I get a witness? Valverde, that sickness! And here's the full scene for you. Department was forced to drop the charges because you forgot to read him his Miranda rights. What possible reason is there for not doing the only thing you have to do when arresting someone? 
I did read him as right. I did a version of that. Do you even know the Miranda rights? Yes. What's your name? <laughs> do we, wait, you got a lot of stuff to do. I'll go ahead. You, got you going anywhere, Schmidt? You got time? I had a thing that I can probably push it back. Go ahead. It's four declamatory sentences followed by a question for a total of 57 words. Okay. Uh, it's, look, it obviously starts with you have the right to remain silent. I know your room is important. And then, um, it, it, I think it sounds something like, uh, you what the thing? Yeah, you, oh, right. You have the right to remain an attorney. Did you say that you have the right to be an attorney? You do have the right to be an attorney if you want to. Where were you? <clears throat> I was uh, I was chasing my perp, sir. And how did that go for you? He, honestly, he did get away, and he threw me down pretty hard. Actually, fucked up my elbow pretty bad. I see that. Yeah, actually, it hurts because the dirt gets mushed oh. into it. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Flicking the band-aids is always good. <laughs> Let's flip over to the other side. We've got the Minnesota Vikings. We've got the high-flying Minnesota Vikings with Case Keenum at quarterback. Case for, gets a start, making case a case for quarterback for next year. Next week, next, who knows with the Minnesota Vikings. It'll be week to week. Because there was rumors at the beginning of this week yeah. that they could be looking to go to Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, they, I know they, they, who our quarterback and is. Case throws for over 300 yards and four touchdowns. So. And two interceptions. Two they, almost, they almost benched him after that. So, said so Case is playing well enough right now. So, But you look at you know Case Keenum's performance and you look at his weapons on the outside with Diggs and Thielen, and those guys should be locked into your lineup. They are killing people on the deep ball. They're killing people underneath. You like both of those guys' opportunities, uh, especially now that Thielen has started scoring some touchdowns, and that gives them a lot of chances for fantasy points. So you like both of those guys. Kyle Rudolph, you know, in the five to six target range and is always a red zone threat because the other two wide receivers there, that's not their strong forte. They're, They're yak guys and get it deep down the field vertically and then score from there. But they aren't great red zone possession receivers. I can't believe I, I would say tell you, um, and I liked, I think we all liked Thielen a, a bit coming into the season, but Thielen right now, and things can change, as we said, about moving up and towards the start of the game. But right now, Thielen is the number one wide receiver um, in our, in our uh, Pyro Heat Index rankings. Number one, Thielen, and deservedly so. The guy is, um, he's getting it done. Yeah, I don't think that one's going to change, but... He's gonna. You he, he just see him sitting there, number one. I love it. Yeah, I think so. He's just been so hot he's right so now. Good. I mean, he's got five receptions in every game this season. Consistent as they come. He's got upside. He's got the floor. He's got everything you want from a fantasy receiver. If you still have time and the owner thinks he's selling high on Thielen, you know, put out an offer. You never know. Uh, you know, Diggs also in a great spot. Case is just getting them the ball. Yeah. Both these running backs are involved. Uh, they're using Latavius Murray uh, in between the tackles, and they're using uh, Jarek McKinnon on the exterior. They are you know, still giving Jarek McKinnon red zone carries and giving them to Latavius Murray. So it is harder to pinpoint which one is exactly going to have the better fantasy game. It's but I, like think it's, they're, I think they're both RB3 flexes. Yeah, it's kind of like it's been... With over the past years, Adrian Peterson goes down. Well, which one is it going to be? Who's going to vulture the touchdowns? Who's going to do this? Uh, at least it's it's 
it's, it, at least before it was a little bit more predictable when you had Van Asiata in there as to what everyone's role was going to be. I think now as you've had the development of McKinnon, I think they like McKinnon as, as, as a player, but they also realize that they can't give him an overwork of uh, an over uh, amount of touches. So they're limiting his amount of touches, and that just allows Murray, when the things are going well, to, to steal points. I mean, even with the limiting of touches, before last week, Jarek had 22, 22, 17, 24. So for limiting a guy's touches, this guy is still highly, highly involved. They're getting him involved in the pass game. Um, you know, he's had 10 targets in games. He's had, you know, Well, six this is targets. where it gets interesting for him because you, if you go back when it was like what, the rookie year or whatever, he, he had the exact same thing happen. And it was about a four or five game stretch where he was seeing 20 plus uh, touches per game. And then all of a sudden the production just started to fall off. So I wonder if that's where the thinking is right now or. Do they just feel that now McKinnon has actually taken that next step and matured to that level that he can just continue to get this workload? So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I bet it's just game script for him. I mean, he's still he's top, he's number nineteen in standard scoring, which means he's probably even better and uh, definitely better sitting there with that. Eh, he's yeah, thirty catches. He's in standard, he's nineteen, so he's definitely bumping up in in PPR. Um, it's an impressive season so far for the guy. Latavius Murray, too, has come on. Yep. So he's the guy they're using as a sledgehammer in between the tackles. Uh, and, you know, he's getting red zone work. So you got to like what Latavius Murray provides if you're looking for a bench piece. Mm-hmm. And he's even still on the waiver wire in probably too many leagues. That's a guy that should be owned. Uh, so I, I think they're both sort of playable. Uh, especially against the Rams, who are much better sort of against the pass than they are against opposing run games. Should we move to the next game? Yeah. All right. Um, we've got the Chiefs at the Giants. Uh, we'll start with the Chiefs. I think, um, I think we got Alex Smith sitting at number four. This for, is a get-well game for Kansas City. Yeah, probably. I mean, look at it. Are they going? Are the Giants? Have they won a game yet? No, right? They're gonna. Are they? Gonna yeah, go they, they won. They won one, one game early in the season. Okay. Uh, the Giants have actually surpassed the Indianapolis Colts as the worst team at allowing fantasy football points. They're allowing the most fantasy points across the board. They're 32nd against quarterbacks, 24th against running backs, 23rd against receivers, 32nd against opposing tight ends. Every single tight end that has scored against them this season has scored a touchdown. Uh, (laughs) Travis Kelsey should fucking smash. Did you see what Selleck did last week? And thank you for for making that call. I did pick him up and play him, and I got like 16 points out of him in my league. So uh, the if you watched that game, as we got back from uh, from that very game, I was <laughs> had the pleasure of turning that yeah. one out. Um, that's the the pure definition of watching a team that has just given up, and there was just no fight in in the New York Giants at all. Uh, McAdoo is basically just in no man's land right now. They they what they say that we're not going to do anything until yeah. the end of the year. So, so you're going to be fired in seven weeks. So just hold on for seven weeks, and then we'll fire you. Um, just collect those fucking paychecks. It's a disaster. Got to pay them anyways. Before you go back to DHL. But it's, 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 it, this is... This CDW. Is, this CDW. Is the worst part is, I know. All the same shape. 
But when you have a team that's doing that, you can't trust where you're going to get any fantasy points from. But where you can trust you'll get them from is whoever the opponent is. So whoever's playing the Giants right now, they they're they're throwing in the towel. You play almost any playable player against them, and you have a potential for points. I mean, we talk about this team and how it's taking a nosedive since last season, and it's a major thing is they were top ten in fantasy points against last season. They were tough against opposing wide receivers. You didn't want to play guys against Janoris Jenkins, mm-hmm. but now he doesn't look like he goes a fuck. So you you <laughs> slot Tyreek Hill into your lineup, and you're like. Fucking chuck it out, Smith. Let's go. Landon Collins yeah. is not making any plays in the secondary this year like he was blowing people out of the water last year. And he start, he was. So he started out hot. He, had a he first, did. He had a first good couple, uh, two, three games. So, yeah, they, they, roll, they roll over Beethoven. Uh, let's talk about this. is probably going to be the last year for Eli in New York, too. I bet you he gets a new gig with somebody else next year. We'll see. And who no. wants to I mean, I Someone's going to take a chance on him. You, you as a starter? Yeah. Uh, oh my God! Look around the league. Know, Someone know, will take a shot. She's so lame. Um, all right, let's 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 quickly go through and rifle through the, the fantasy hopefuls. Uh, Hunt obviously tapered off a bit. Is this a, a shiner game for him? I, I think he's back on lo- RB one. The volume's there, but they're also using Sharkandrick West in the red zone, which caps his upside. They're using Sharkandrick West in the hurry up and on third downs, so he's not getting those easy fantasy points that he was early. But this is a game where you expect uh, the Kansas City Chiefs to put up a bunch of points and then lean on them. So it should be a great game script for him. Yeah, because he should be getting some easier runs in that late third, early fourth quarter where he can just finally break break a, a team that has no will. Hill, yes. Alex, yes. Hunt, yes. And Kelsey, hell yes. Hell yes. Let's go over to the Giants, and there's a whole hell lot of no. A whole lot of, whole lot of no. Is there anything well, you like this Evan week? Evan Ingram is still there. Evan Ingram yeah. is locked in your lineup every one guy single you can fucking trust. week. Yeah. Every single week. But the other guy who's on the peripheral is uh, Orleans Darkwell. Yeah. They, they continue to keep him at about 25 to 30 snaps a week. Uh, if the game gets out of hand, it's more likely to be a combination of Wayne Gallman and Shane Vereen. But early in the game, they should you know, feed this guy because he's been their most effective running back. And the Kansas City Chiefs uh, you know, aren't the greatest run defense. They're not the worst. Uh, but they, they can give it up to the opposing running backs on occasion. So I look for Warren Orleans Darkwood to have some success. I think he's an RB2 flex play. Um, and then at wide receiver, Sterling Shepard. You know, he's the guy who got a massive target load last week. Although he doesn't line up great against the Kansas City secondary, uh, even though he plays a ton of slots, uh, snaps, he should get a lot of his targets underneath where these corners succeed. Where they really don't succeed is deep down the field, and Shepard's not the guy that they're having uh, attack vertically. So that that's where you have a little bit of... But if the targets are flowing his way, you can keep plugging and playing them. Yeah, there was an interesting Scott Barrett tweet uh, over Twitter. He does all those uh, new models and charts that he's doing with at Beers Water that are uh, worth checking out. They're basically, he's basically saying, uh, Shep volume has been great and is up against the KC defense, allowing the fifth most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers. Uh, but KC is strong against where he's most often targeted. Um, check out at Scott Barrett DFB. Uh, to, it's, it would be an impossible chart to explain. But they seem to think that uh, Sterling Shepard, it, 
they don't like him this week based on their model. So yeah, that's more of payup for a DFS. Okay. So, but okay, in you know season long leagues, he's locked in as wide receiver three. Is that what Bears Waters more of a weekly kind of guy? Well, Scott is too. Okay, they're weekly DFS guys, but they do a lot of season long stuff too. They do a little bit of everything. They get um, okay. Let's go to we done there right. Let's move on to the next game, and before we do so, do me a favor, do us a favor, and uh, listen to a word from our sponsors. Alright, the last of the Sunday early games, uh, we've got the Redskins at the Saints. This is actually, uh, should be a pretty pretty good one uh, for some fantasy goodness. Uh, let's start with Kirk Cousins, quarterback, visiting team, Redskins. Uh, we know the Saints have been a much better defense uh, this year than the, the turnstile they've been in fantasy over the previous four or five years. Um, this, but still, the volume seems to be there for uh, Cousins. You like him in this one, guys? He's another back-end quarterback one option. Uh, we didn't think he'd do great against Minnesota last week. But, you know, the volume's there. The run game's sort of non-existent, especially with Rob Kelly going on IR. So you're looking at Samaje P. Ryan, and you're looking at Chris Thompson, who we know is more effective on limited touches. And after he gets the ball in his hands in space, and that's great for Cousins because when you're throwing dump-offs to Chris Thompson, they're going 12 yards. Yeah. Like, that guy's making moves. Uh, he's making big plays happen. So I, I like Thompson in this matchup. Uh, especially with the play of Marcus Lattimore uh, at cornerback for the Saints. He's been one of the best, you know, top 10, top 5 type corners in the league in his rookie year. So this guy is shining. And, you know, the question is, can you put him on, like, Josh Dotson? Or, you know, who the uh, who the Vikings respected enough last week to shadow him with Xavier Rhodes? So do you do the same thing with Lattimore this week and make other guys like... You know, Maurice Sweat Harris, is that his name? Well, the reason why I think you, they, they went with the putting uh, Rhodes on him is, is you're looking at it and saying, who's the guy that has the biggest potential to burn us on one play? And that is Josh Doxson. So if you're just trying to be able to say, hey, I know if I put my tough corner on him, we can, you know, get him, hit him on the line uh, in, in the close-up uh, bump, and, uh, bump and cover, you know, you can eliminate him from, from contention. I'll make Crowder beat me. I'll make... All these other guys beat me. I'm going to make you have to beat me with uh, your underneath passing and your running game. And I think you're going to have a harder time doing that. Terrell Pryor ain't doing anything. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, it, you could very well see him line up on Doxon just to, to try and limit him. And and it's going to be tough, too, if, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the Saints when we get there. So uh... On the season, the Saints are allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points across the board. It's and, great. And, and whisper. <laughs> it's crazy because it's not, what was it? Two years ago or three years ago that they let two. up? Two years ago they let up. What was it? The most fantasy points per game on average by was like a difference of like four or five points over the. the, the I think they did runs. that for like, two or three years in a row. Yeah, but no, but, row, but two years like, ago where it was, it was like donkey it was like, proportions. It was re- yeah. ridiculously horrible, and to turn it around the way that they have that quickly is pretty amazing. Yeah, I uh, gotta commend sort of Sean Payton for. Changing his style, uh, but we'll talk about that when we come to the offense. Yeah, but Crowder getting the targets seems well, like Crowder we talked looks, about. 
Crowder looks like a locked-in play this week. Yeah. Because of it, uh, Marcus Lattimore unlikely to go to the slot very much. Uh, so you're looking at him with a nice matchup. You know, Vernon Davis, if Jordan Reed's inactive again, mm-hmm. should be another great spot for him. Uh, and, so let's say about and Crowder. Thompson. But Crowder, the thing about Crowder that gets me is all of a sudden now over the last like three weeks that he's played, right? He's looked like old Jamison Crowder like he did at the beginning of last year. Where, where did he go? For what was it, the last like four games of last year and the first like ten, seven, eight games of this year? Like, I know where he went to the fucking waiver wire and you can pick him up right now. So, oh, I grabbed him this week, yes, and I'm playing him this week, absolutely. I just but, not happy about it, but I gotta do it. But, but he is one of those guys that it shows that he has all that potential to be that player. And, I, and with all the other guys that were gone, I, I just don't understand why it was such a struggle for him. Uh, up until this point, so well, he's obviously started the season injured, and then he's working his way. I don't know; it's weird. It's yeah, weird. So they, I, I think the whole the whole receiving crew is kind of discombobulated because they had to work prior in and big salary. Oh, and you had the whole thing that maybe Kirk isn't going to be there. Yeah, it's, it's been a weird, it's been a weird thing. Uh, I mean, let's be honest; their best offensive player has been Chris Thompson, who before right. the season started was drafted by zero people in in except for in deep leagues. Uh, can we move over? Move over. I mean, you guys want to know something crazy that obviously we talked a little bit earlier in the show about how um, Drew Brees is outside the top five at quarterback. Uh, I mean, as for as long as I've had hair on my balls, I think I think since I hit puberty and I'm 44 years old, this guy has been a top five fantasy quarterback. Um, it's crazy that this team, the way we're talking about how the defense now is keeping them in games and how they're a stout defense. Think about the fact that this team now on offense can win, put up huge points, and not need touchdowns from Drew Brees. So one touchdown and only for like 260 yards passing. or He's got five touchdown passes in the last five weeks. I know. He's, on, he's my starting that quarterback in one insane. of my leagues. That is insane. And if he just would give me two, uh, a normal Drew Brees type bad games in the years yeah. past... I would have won three games that I would that I this lost. This has that never stretch. even happened. Going almost going back to even when he was on the Chargers, like he he's never had that kind of drop. And yet the team's winning better than ever. And so why why worry? Why, well, why not, think that they're going to try and force this into becoming a win on Breeze's arm? Well, and they're not going to they're because going to. here's the situation: what do you have now? And and it's almost kind of. Kind of what they seemed like they were envisioning when they drafted it, when they when they brought in Adrian Peterson, right? That we're going to put a focus on the run, and like none of us really believed it. And once you got him out of there, it's been Light even switch. more of a focus on the run. And but but let's look and be honest. What does he have in the weapons in the passing game? He doesn't have what he's had in years past. When you have Michael Thomas now, who's elevated to be your number one. Okay, uh, great rookie season, but now you're you're putting him in a, in a spot he's not used to. Brandon Coleman, what do you got, Brandon Coleman? Okay, he's a big to, slot. Right. He's, he's, Height. Be, he's better than Willie Sneed right, right now. You got Ted Ginn, and you got Willie Sneed, who who, who knows? Non-existent. Non-existent. So, do you think they regret uh, making the the, the cook trade? Uh, look at the record and no. Uh, yeah. Okay. The point. The point. The point. And, and that's the thing at this point in time with Breeze, as, as much as he's always been that guy that puts up all those those numbers. He's not a guy that cares about the fans. He wants to win. Yeah. So, um, and and look, you have a, you, the guy that you drafted as a team that is your special talent is Alvin Kamara, and Kamara has just been 
amazing, as you said, with all the top positional weeks that he has. And you think about it, that he basically wasn't getting any touches for the first four weeks of the season. In standard leagues, Kamara's been good all year. Yeah. Like, ever since week one, once you picked him up, you were yeah. like, oh, this he guy's pretty him. fucking yeah. good. Yeah. Like, he's everything you want Christian McCaffrey to be. You're right. Uh, <laughs> good point. Like, so on the season, Mark Ingram is running back six. Alvin Kamara is running back eight. In yes. standard leagues. Uh, over the last five weeks, Mark Ingram is running back one. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara is running back three That's in insane. standard leagues. Wow. Um, they are just doing it, and you're starting both of them as like RB ones. And hey, if you have a you know Le'Veon Bell, you're starting them as RB twos. Does it matter? You're starting these guys. Well, no. And but this, they're this, this is so good right now. This is what's so crazy. It's like normally, you know, and and I'm, I have on both sides because I have Kamara and, and Breeze on the same team, and it's like, oh my God, they got 35 points. Somebody's gonna go check. Oh, what's going on? How does Breeze only have 14? Kamara's got 27. <laughs> like, okay, it's, it's insane. And you, you gotta love it. You gotta love seeing a a, a a team that's been known for so many things that are good or negative be able to go with the flow, change, be, evolve, and then be able to do what they're doing. And be fun to watch throughout the yeah. entire, whichever way they are. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it, yeah, and, that, and that, that's what it comes down to, which is awesome. They are fun as hell to watch. Every week, I'd say right now, I'd say they're the funnest team to watch in the, in most, the fun, most, most fun. Yeah. Most fun. Can't say fun. Most fun. I'm, I like fun. No team. grammar! <laughs> so... You look at Alvin Kamara and he's just been great, but the touches are, are limiting. Like he's only getting those fifteen or so touches a week. Uh, that overall limits his upside, but he's scoring touchdowns at such a high rate right now. He's catching passes uh, and he's just converting plays into you know red zone work, and, and he's he, doing everything. Like, he has great. big play and uh, breakability on, on 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 those touches. He's too. averaging so. six and a half yards per carry on sixty four carries on the season. There you go. He's caught forty three of his fifty four targets. He's averaging eight point seven yards per catch. He has six total touchdowns. He's locked in. Mark he's positivity Ingram. all day long. Mark Ingram seven touchdowns. Remember when uh, Gurley was? I've got him at six, four rushing and. Well, it says here Ingram's got four, seven oh, rushing Ingram. touchdowns. Switching to yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we were, I was saying, I know, I was saying, but I'm saying Ingram's got seven, yeah. seven touchdowns. Remember when Gurley a few uh, weeks ago was on pace to have the most touchdowns for a running back in uh, a long time? I mean, he's still got. Zero, I mean, Ingram's got zero receiving TDs, and Gurley's got three. But Ingram in those past few weeks, he's caught up to Elliott and Gurley in rushing touchdowns. It's just. And he, and the momentum sitting with him. Should we go on to Michael Thomas? I think slacked in your lineup. Uh, Ted Ginn potentially, you know, getting Josh Norman less with Michael Thomas probably getting shadowed by him. I think it's a good time for maybe a, you know, Ted Ginn strike and score. Yeah, it's but, one of those wide receiver three flex for that for that big potential. Yeah, he's got the potential, but. He, the targets are inconsistent at best. He's, this Debbie, be he's, the, he, he's, he's this version's uh, Devery Henderson. Yep. But they unfortunately don't throw as much as they did when Devery Henderson was there. Anyway, yep. this year. Uh, I agree with that. I mean, <laughs> no, no to Willie Sneed, no to Kobe Fleener, no to uh, Brandon Coleman. So you're starting the running backs. So 
can you start Drew Brees this week? Uh, you know, here's the thing with Drew Brees. Unless you have some ridiculously better option, as I sit there with him and look at everybody on the waiver wire, I have to play him, you know. Uh, and, and the other benefit that you get is that you are getting – uh, Camara, who can give you some receiving uh, touchdowns as well. You know, I want to see more of those uh, in in the red zone. But um, but the thing is this: this game is so. Would, would you wouldn't want to pick up a Keenum and play him over a Breeze? <sighs> okay, so this week, do I want to play Keenum against the Rams? You know what? <sighs> This is where it becomes so hard because it is still Drew Brees. You still have 14 years of, of all this fantasy production or whatever that you've gotten out of this guy <laughs> that you look at it and go, he's at home at least in this matchup. I mean, if he was on the road, I would say, yeah, I'd probably go to Case Keener, but at, at home, I, I still got to hang on a little bit. Good point. I, I also do think some touchdowns are eventually going to swing back his way. Yeah, yeah it has uh, to. You know, the running backs are great at catching the ball out of the backfield. Maybe they score a couple more receiving touchdowns. So he just—I think he has one of these four touchdown games with blowups in him against uh, Washington. Well, let them all come here during the fantasy playoffs and ride me home. And also, to your credit, uh, Stags, Peyton's a, a kind of guy where like we kind of lulled these de- these teams in, like oh we're running, and then but, all of a sudden the dude Belich- right. Belichick like just fucking flipped the script on him, and then all of a sudden it's just like. How, how, I mean, that's well, just what this it. guy does. Until they got rid of Peterson, because when Peterson was uh, was running, they were so predictable in everything yeah. that they were doing on offense that <clears throat> they weren't able to run effectively. So what's happened, it's, it's like you've almost said, they did kind of flip the script. So Peterson's gone, people think they're going to become more of this yeah. passing team, and they just started slamming it down everyone's throat, and it's been working. And so now that it's working, now you do have the ability to be able to flip the script again. Awesome. Nice stuff. And Love. it's not Dowell Loggins. <laughs> nice stuff. All right, our first afternoon game uh, is going to be the Bills at the Chargers. Obviously, I'll, let, I'll just let we know the news. Ty God pretty much looks like his Bills tenure is done. Um, they're gone with uh, Nathan Peterman. Uh, the Peterman catalog has yep. been has been resurrected. <laughs> we, they're subscribing to it. Uh, what do you guys think? Elaine, I, I just want your jacket in Peru. <laughs> Uh, so with Ty God benching, it, it's less to do with Ty God and them to look, you know, forward to the future. Even though they're still very much in wild card contention, they're the leader right now, as we talked about, yeah. uh, for the second wild card spot. But you know, they've got to look towards the future. Ty God, we talked about it for uh, a majority of the off season. This offense isn't built for him. Mm-hmm. It's built to be an under center, you know, fullback style run team. It, that's not what Ty God's good at. Like, let's let's be realistic. And, and look, they they already signed that death warrant to him earlier in the year when they traded away Sammy Watkins. And they and brought jo- in Jordan Matthews. And the guy they who signed four fullbacks. Like they won a free agency. <laughs> like that that was when you knew it was like the dream was. Dead. When you sign four fullbacks, when there are at least four teams, if not eight teams, that don't have fullbacks on their roster, that lets you know that you don't want a running quarterback. Yeah. Um, so now they're going to go with the guy, Nathan Peterman, who ran a pro-style sort of offense. Sort of. Because he still ran a lot of zone read when they did go to shotgun. He ran a lot of RPOs. But there was times where they just leaned on James Conner in the I formation. So that's the pro-style. Co- they had pro-style running concepts. I don't know if they had pro-style passing concepts. So when we talk about that, you know, 
And, and Peterman's not a guy with a big arm. He's you know he's just athletic enough, but he's a guy who's more likely to throw in between the hashes and between the numbers than he is outside the numbers and push it deep vertically down the field and to the uh, outside of the numbers and on deep out routes. So you know you look at these receivers. It, the good thing is, it could be a boost for Kelvin Benjamin because yeah. Tyrod Taylor isn't a guy who wants to shove it in tight windows and shove it into a guy like Kelvin Benjamin who can't get separation. Peterman's a guy who will give him opportunities and give him chances to win jump balls, and that's where he's going to excel. Mm-hmm. So it could be a boost for Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, how's the protection going to be for him? Because that's going to be the key because. The thing I mean, is, it, 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 it's it like with any quarterback, fine. but especially with a quarterback that's going to be sitting in a pocket and is not going to turn and run like Ty God would. Well, this is why Benjamin, but you have to give, but a guy like Benjamin, you need to give him 3.2 seconds to actually get down the field and do something. Yeah. Um, the, the protection had been good except for, you know, that game against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peterman's also a guy that... You know, is athletic enough that you can get him on the outside with rollouts, with sprint outs, with other type of offensive uh, mechanisms to get him on the edges of defense, and he's athletic enough to make plays. So he does have that going for him. Uh, I do think he moves well in the pocket, but you know, the arm's not Tyrod's arm. Um, even though Tyrod doesn't have the biggest one, but he's shown a tendency for pushing the ball down the field. We don't know if Peterman's going to do that, mm-hmm. but. You look at guys like Charles Clay that Tyrod's relied on. I don't know how much how much of a trustable fantasy asset he is this week because of it. Right. The one thing that we always say is though, though it's the, it is the easier read, and again, yep. he is one of the better playmakers that's out there. So I I, I think if you're in a desperation situation, then maybe you're a, a guy that had uh, ASJ and he's on the buy this week or something. And you're looking for a play if you can get Clay, you can play him. Yeah. Uh, overall, I think maybe play Benjamin as a wide receiver three flex. You play, you know, Clay as a back end, tight end one, tight end Doyle, two. Doyle owners as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then the rest of the receivers, it's a big, big wait and see. <laughs> they weren't trustable enough even with Tyrod Taylor. Um, Wasn't Peterman um, like a number one, rival's number one QB? Yeah, he was a high, high, they, high, everyone was high, high, high. He was like Rosen high. style like five years ago, right? Yeah, he was a top-ranked recruit out of Florida. Uh, usually originally went to the University of Tennessee, and then uh, but got hurt yeah. uh, because when he couldn't beat out Josh Dobbs in his sophomore year. Yeah. So the overall body of work for him isn't that big, just a junior and senior starter. But, you know, he looks good at a pro-style running offense, and I think that's what they're going to try to go to. But, unfortunately, I don't know if that's what Shady's best at anymore. Yeah. Like, and, and doesn't it seem like this team was kind of – two weeks ago, it seemed like this team had the best locker room, best everything. Everything was gelling, and now is there maybe some repercussions, not that anybody's going to quit on, that uh, with McDermott's decision, is the locker room like – Ty God's our guy, and we're kind of pissed. Or have you guys not read that or heard that? Is it just like everyone kind of was like, all right? I think that's too much reading into it right now. You, you know, and, and football players are so much, especially when you're in a situation where they are at five and four and, and still kind of competing. You're And knowing the offense is, 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 is kind of stalling. Right, right. And all right. knowing that the defense has not been giving you what they were giving you earlier either, too. So, But when we talk about LaShawn McCoy, <laughs> He's slightly less effective when running under center. 
He has pretty much the same number of career carries from under center and shotgun. He's got 1,021 shotgun runs and 1,027 under center runs. Wow. He averages 4.8 yards per carry from the shotgun. He averages 4.5 under center. So slightly less effective, plus he's banged up, plus Peterman isn't as big as a run threat as Tyrod Taylor, and you mix in that this line isn't as good as it has been in past years. Like, if you can get a rock-solid offer for LaShawn McCoy, I think right now is the time to consider it. Mm. Dope stuff. Dope stuff. You know what I'm considering at this Um, moment? Uh, Justin Bieber, Molly Cyrus looking motherfuckers. Tell us what you're drinking, uh, Houdini. I'm drinking all over the place. I started with Ballast Point with the Big Eye IPA. I'm going now to the Firestone Pale 31. Nice. Cleaning out the fridge. I like it when you do that. It's been it's, after a few uh, couple weeks of back-to-back wine box, Dini. It's good to see you back on the um, on the soakers. Well, it's because I went to the bear game with you and you left me extra beers <laughs> in my car, so I brought them with me. Good times. Um, <laughs> I'm doing a Revolution uh, Brewing. My, probably my favorite Chicago brewery. Uh, they've got a nice little um, superhero IPA package right now. I'm drinking the Crystal Hero, and I'm about to dip into the Amarillo Hero. Good stuff. Actually took some clients out to their brew pub and ate yesterday. They got some of the best wings in the city. Anyone in Chicago, check out um, the on uh, Milwaukee and Logan Square. Revolution Brew Pubs uh, got amazing wings. They're my favorite in the city. Truly, they're, um, they're nice and they're baked and uh, well, not baked. fried. Oh, yeah. They're not fried. They're smoked. They're not fried. Uh, but were you were, baked? Uh, no, I wasn't. I was with a client. We didn't even drink. We had a table of what? eight. Yeah, we had a table of eight and didn't even drink. They're like, yeah, any beers for everyone? And everyone was looking at each other. Like, I almost broke the ice, and I was like, you know what? I'll just fall asleep. Uh, but, yeah, check that shit out, Revolution Beer. No matter what, I think you can get it across the country. Shit's good. All right, let's go to the Chargers. Um, obviously, one of the huge pickups uh, I'm gonna botch his name, but the uh, the youngster that had a nice game, the rook, undrafted rookie that had a nice game, Austin Eckler. 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 Okay. Um, is this guy? Was that just kind of a moment in time, or can this? I mean, he showed a little bit of burst. So you know, when they cut a bunch of backs that have been on NFL rosters before for you know an undrafted guy, that's usually a sign. That this guy's got some juice. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw it with Matt Rita in San Francisco. This is sort of a similar situation. Uh, Brandon Oliver is a guy that they've been pushing down the Jeff Tart, making an active on a weekly basis, uh, healthy now. Uh, and that gives him a big chance. Uh, when Melvin Gordon, they're another one of these predictable offenses that love to run Melvin Gordon on first and ten and then do other things off of that, but are so predictable that they run all. Uh, run Melvin Gordon like 80% of the time on first down. It's just like, well, let's see what else somebody has on first down. Let's see if we can Have get... Have you been cheating off a of Dowell's playbook? <laughs> let's, let's see if we can get five yards instead of the three that Melvin Gordon's yeah. given us. Uh, so, so that's a big thing. Plus, his ability as a receiver is he's another one of these satellite backs that's very good in space and who's a mismatch against linebackers. 
I, I just look at it this way. That type of a game, are you going to expect that? Go for, no, look, I mean, Melvin Gordon had 16 carries for 27 yards in that game. But that type of performance means that, hey, Melvin, those days of 25 to 28 touches are probably going to be now become 24 to 22 touch games, and we're going to get this guy a little bit of work in because, hey, as long as, you, as long as you're being effective, I mean, this is what happened with Camaro, this is what happened with all these other guys. When you're averaging 5.6 this per carry or, or you're averaging 8 point this per catch, they keep giving you chances to make those plays. When you're averaging 3.7 uh, per run or you're averaging 4.8 per catch, you don't get that many more options. Yep, that's a good point. Or chances, I should say. Yeah. Um, I, I like Eckler in this matchup, though. Going up you know, uh, against the Bills team that we're talking about, uh, since splitting Darius go, oh, they've been horrible. They've allowed 495 rushing yards. So what was their reasoning? What, what were they thinking? They about? wanted a pick, and they wanted to get out from under the contract. Yeah. And they, how good is the defense that he went to has gotten since he's gotten there? Uh, it's it's a big big difference. It's a big big difference. I mean, uh, it, that's one of those crazy things. Certain guys on defense, especially a guy an impact player like that, it's huge difference when you take it off of a team and put it onto another team. Is um, they're allowing more fantasy points than the San Francisco 49ers. That's disgusting. Who I harp on. Wow, that's disgusting. Wow, they're allowing 39.4 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. So, who's the who's okay? (laughs) So, so Eckler then becomes that's ridiculous. That's over the last three weeks. Yeah, so Eckler then becomes a nice flex type of a play. Then Gordon's got to be what one of your top five running backs this week? Yes, number one. Yes, boom. He now, is, is there anyone is, that is there, ethic, is this, that it, has to be number one? Is there anyone that you're going to be able to no, trust? No, he's number two actually right now. I'm sorry. Is there anyone outside of Keenan Allen that you can trust as no. a wide receiver? No, and, they're mixing it up. And, and obviously, you're, 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 you're down on Hunter Henry as well. So I, 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 I mean, this it, it should be a good game for Hunter Henry going up against Buffalo, but the targets just haven't been there. Yeah. Um, you know. They are still a top ten team against opposing wide receivers. Uh, they're a little worse against tight ends, but still above average. But right now, it looks like I don't know if the Los Angeles Chargers can just dedicate to a run game and try to run it down their throats. But if Philip Rivers still in concussion protocol and we're that's what I was this, yeah, that's, a, that's the other thing. That, that's gonna matter. For Keenan Allen, it's going to matter for Hunter Henry. It's going to matter for all the ancillary wide receivers. It also matters for every fucking fantasy order, especially if they're going to wait on telling you. Do they have to come out and give you that one before, or can they wait till game time? No, they, especially because it's that a late inactive game. would be released at like three o'clock. But, See, but you're screwed on usually, that too. Usually, have a late option. Usually, Schefter will give you a scoop if he's playing. Like <laughs> it's. Usually, you hear something like this if a big name player, yeah, a guy that no, not an Iron Man, yeah. yeah. You'll hear something beforehand. All right, let's let's cruise on to the next game. Unless you got anything else? Nope. Uh, Who's the quarterback if he's if he is injured? I don't know if they go with Cardale Jones or. Oh, you mentioned that earlier in the show. Or yeah. if they you know go back to Kellen Clemens. I'm not even sure if he's on the roster right now. Yeah, he's playing. He'll play. <laughs> they gotta play. They'll figure yeah. it out. All right, let's go to uh, the Bengals. Are going to be uh, oh, this, mile this, high. Two teams just completely underperformed to their expectations this year, huh? Marvin's finally gone her. 
You, you gotta think so. He's gone. I, I don't know how many, how, how long you what, no, This would be the second year, really, you missed the playoffs, so he'd be gone. Man. He's gone. He, he lived for so long without a playoff win just because he kept making the playoffs. Yeah, he's gone. <clears throat> no doubt about it. So let's start. Uh, I mean, Dalton in the, against this defense. Are you feeling comfortable this is with that? Those, again, no. I'm glad I got my points out of A.J. Green last week because I don't expect uh, to get a hell of a lot of points shit. out of him this week. You know, now Denver has not been as strong of a defense as we've seen them be in the past two, three years. But at the same time, um, I don't see enough. They're still number three against wide receivers. And over the last three weeks, they're still a top six defense against wide receivers. They haven't allowed a single receiver over 84 yards right. yet this season. Um, but here's the other point. At it like, and here's the other point. You don't have enough. AJ doesn't have enough around him there to be able to have the other guys start to force them to be able to pull stuff away from him in order for him to be successful. Joe Mixon, you can give him as many volume of touches as you want. You're just not getting that production that you need. You're getting maybe a touchdown here or there. It's it's kind of masking shit. It's it's. It's kind of similar. He's promising, though. I think I, long term he's promising. I hope. I, 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 I hope so for him. Rebuild the line. Like that's it. Yeah. Like rebuild the line. See what you're going to do with Andy Dalton. But in the, the problem is for Just me is that I think get a with, new fucking coaching staff. Look, he still yeah. runs hard, but at the same time, I think that you're going to burn into his confidence. You're going to get to a point where here's a guy that doesn't trust any run that he can make because he's getting hit as soon as he's getting the handed off the ball. I'm not worried about that with him. This guy's going to have a chip on his shoulder just because he... It happens for some guys because you got to have that decisive uh, first move and actually be able to see the hole, be able to hit it, uh, or be able to, to, to make that back cut and, and go the other way. Hit it quit it. And I don't think that he's, he doesn't have that confidence to be able to do it either which way because he's getting hit any which, whichever decision he makes. So basically... I'm not, I'm not a fan of, of most of the guys on Cincinnati. What about we've liked? I'm some starting AJ Green. I'm starting. Well, I'm starting it, but I'm, I'm yeah. You're expecting expectations. Uh, you're adjusting your expectations. Uh, you're not starting LaFell. You're not starting John Ross, who the coaching staff put down this week. Uh, you're probably starting Tyler Croft. It's a great matchup for him against Denver tight ends. They are allowing um, the most. Or yeah. Uh, the, the second most fantasy points against opposing tight ends at 12.3 a game. It's a great spot for Tyler Croft. Um, wow. and, and you look at Joe Mixon, over the last three weeks, the Denver Broncos have allowed seven touchdowns to opposing running backs. Four through the ground and four through the air, or three through the air. So you look at Joe Mixon's receiving ability and sort of recent touchdown production – you know, it, it could be a chance for a score. And so, and Hill, they put on the IR today, right? Yeah. Well, that's true. But but here's here's the problem I have in the running game. His last three games, go back three weeks ago, 11 carries, 18 yards. Now, he's had a touchdown each of the last two weeks. But 13 carries, 31 yards, 9 carries, 37 yards. I, I get that. I just think touchdown. I know, I know. And again, it's because there's, there's who else are you going to have to give the ball to at that point? Over the last Giovanni Bernard, and now that Hill's gone, so over the last two weeks, the Denver Broncos have allowed 92 points. All right, real life points, not fantasy points. That's a lot of points. points. That's a lot of points. Like we've got to adjust our expectations for this defense, even though they still look pretty good against wide receivers. You know they're not the vaunted Denver Broncos. No, but it's also Denver at home in my in my that, that's, that's that's the one thing that it's a different team on the I, road. I mean, when we're talking about Joe Mixon, we're talking about him as an RB two flex play, right in that range again, 
We're not talking about much different, you know. Let's go over to the Broncos side of the ball. Um, we know that uh, it's 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 Oswald broke broke ass wipers. They're starting player again, and we don't know what the hell is going on in the backfield. Can either of you guys give me any clarity? I mean, CJ is pretty much uh, washed up. Here's what I can give you. Underutilized. What's the deal? I give you full on fog. I have. There's no way to, to, to competently know exactly what they're doing there at the running attack right now. It's it's the com- complete community, um, you know, with Booker getting back and, and completely involved in this thing now too. I don't know. I, I, I and again, knowing that that this is an offense that's not having very much success being able to move the ball, maybe this is a week where one of those guys is going to be able to step through because Cincinnati's not necessarily going to be able to pound points on you while you gave up 92. You're not playing against New England or Philadelphia who you played in the last two weeks. So, uh, yeah. I mean, when you look <laughs> at it, uh, <laughs> you look at it, it's not a great matchup, but Brock Osweiler's just been feeding Emmanuel Sanders. He's been feeding uh, Demarius Thomas. So you look at those guys, and even though Cincinnati's pretty tough against opposing wide receivers, you probably play both of those. Uh, you know, at tight end, you're probably going to avoid that. Uh, but then you look at the run game, which we talked about. C.J. Anderson's been effective. He just hasn't been getting a big enough volume. Yeah. So now, if we expect the game to be a little bit closer because Cincinnati can't put up a ton of points like these other teams, maybe this is a game where he can see 18 to 20 carries. He needs those. That's what he needs. Because right now, in the 10 to 15 rush range, you know, it's not good. Even though he's averaging 5.4 and 5.2 and 4.4 and 1.4 over the last four games, he's you know he's been solid when given opportunities, and the touchdowns just haven't been there. The touchdown opportunities, uh, and that and that's the scariest thing. So he's like an RB three flex yeah. at best. Because he could be 12 for 50 and have like a Frank Gore light week without the receiving. And, you know, Devontae Booker is the guy getting receiving. Then they're mixing in Jamal Charles for rushing and receiving. Um, Overall, it's a real fantasy quagmire, but the guy you got to put the highest is C.J. Anderson. Yeah, C.J. Anderson might have a nice uh, low price tag on him and DFS as well. So whether you're playing uh, just late afternoon or or, um, into the primetime games, or if you're doing even the full week, it it could be a sneaky play if you need that low-dollar dart throw uh, that can still potentially get you a touchdown. You know, that's what you're really looking for. I love it. You just you just made me remind me of something. I'll make a quick sidebar. I got a buddy named Top Dollar. I probably talked to. Him. He's in one of my leagues. Good guy. Uh, one of my other friends one time met his younger brother. He's like, yeah, so that's Top Dollar. So you're Low Dollar. And he's like, if you ever call me Low Dollar again, I'm gonna knock you out. He's like, all right, I'm not gonna call you Low Dollar. <laughs> Why the hell did that remind you of that? Because he said top dollar, you're not gonna pay top dollar. Okay. He's top low dollar for uh, for uh, C.J. Anderson. All right, there, there you go. go. <laughs> but I remember, I remember looking at Rob's eyes. He looked at me. He's like, "All right, you're not low dollar. You're old <laughs> top dollars. You're twins, not younger brother." Oh shit. Um, so we talked about everyone pretty much on uh, on the Broncos. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. All right. Uh, last of our afternoon games. We've got the Patriots at the Raiders. Before the season started, they were like, this will be the game where New England will have a chance to lose their undefeated season. <laughs> How'd that work out for Wrong. Wrong. 
Wait, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. Oh, that. hold on. Let me Let's do go. that. All right. Val Verde. I think I shit my pants. <laughs> That's always good. Oh, yeah. I did almost a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, the best is, is, is not to say that, that I sharded myself. Yeah, I think I sharded. sharded. Let's remember, we've got the Raiders back in Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. This is uh, another one of the games across the border, but at least it's at a reasonable time where I don't have to wake up at 7.30 and do fucking rankings. I want to shoot myself. Uh, so... We've got the Patriots going up against the awful Oakland Raiders defense. You look at Brandon Cooks, he should be able to get whatever he wants done, especially with Chris Hogan out. He had 45% of the team's air yards, uh, intended air yards last week. He was able to do what he wanted. Gronk should be able to do whatever he wanted. Um, and you're looking at other players. Uh, I think you're... How far, hold on. How far is Hogan away? Probably a week or two. A week or two. So they they always said it was going to be a multiple week injury. They had the bye. They had last week. You got this week. You know maybe next week is the earliest you can see them, or one more week, and then and then you're getting close to fantasy playoffs, and you're like I want to see at least a game out of them yeah. before I lock them back into a lineup. But you, I think you lock Brady in, you lock Gronk in, you lock Cooks in. I think Cooks is another one of those DFS plays that should be in for a great spot. Um, you know the. Oakland Raiders are allowing the most yards on go routes and fly routes in the league. Brandon Cook's a specialty, so if he doesn't get a deep one going, uh, I don't know if there's a week for him, but I am looking you know, for great things for Brandon Cooks this week. Uh, so I like him in DFS, and he's at a slightly lower price tag than some other guys. Yeah. Uh, Gronk's locked in. But what, uh, the problem, the question that everyone has is what to do with this running back situation? Start them all. I mean, against the Raiders, I think they've all got you know flex appeal. So okay, all except for Gillisley. Well, Gillisley's probably inactive again. So you're starting Burke. Burke had you're starting uh, all RB threes. Probably, uh, I think know. Deion Lewis is higher than that though. Because he's going to get more, he's get more RB1, carries. You know, RB2 type. Yeah. I, he's the guy they're using to grind in between the tackles. Which is so crazy when you thought about when he was making his, his hay, what, two years ago before the injury, it was all everything outside the tackles. Yeah. He, he was just he was beating everyone to the corner and then just turning the corner and, and, and taking it up. So, uh, you know, kind wow, of this. That's, that's amazing. That you're thinking, he, start them all. Wow. That's how fucking well, bad it, It's a play, right? And, and, and the other thing, too, is. Look, Brady is so good about making sure that he'll get all those guys involved. So, you know, it's not like you don't have – you can't focus on anybody. I, I really like – I think Burkhead's one of those guys that really has that nice potential going going down. He's got, he's got Patriots know. written all over him. He's the type of guy that Belichick loves. That he, the thing is, he is the type of guy that Belichick loves. But that also means re- one of the reasons he loves him is he's going to send him down as a fucking kickoff returner sure. and, a, and a kickoff cover player. So overall, Still yeah, overall, like how much more can you give the guy on offense when you think he's an integral part of your special teams? Right. That's the part that limits his upside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they're using Dion Lewis as their kickoff returner. Um, so how much can you give him? But I think he's in for an RB two type week. But, you know, maybe high end for more because he's the guy getting involved in the red zone as the rusher. You know, with his little nimbleness in the hole. Uh, so I like him. Um, I, I'm liking all the bats this week. 
Love it. All right, let's move over to the Raiders. Uh, but before we do, actually, let's take our last word from our sponsors and uh, listen to this. Thank you. The Raiders. Seeing the uh, seeing the um, the uh, the plans for the new stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, place looks dope. I'll definitely go see a game there, but. Uh, back of my mind, I'm bummed out for Oakland. So let's go on. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm showing a little too much emotion for my old Raiders. And uh, uh, <clears throat> what do you think is going to happen for them um, in this game against the Patriots? I mean, they haven't beaten the Patriots in the regular season since fuck if I know. Um, <laughs> in the last three, in the last three matchups going back to 2008 that I can see here, they haven't won. Uh, they got beat 49 to 26 in 2008, 31 to 19 in 2011, and in 2014, 16 to nine. So they have not really put up a fight against the Pats. Uh, but this is a great week for Derek Carr, it looks like on paper. He shined in Mexico last year. Uh, you know, he's one of those guys that seem when there's a primetime game on him that he lights it up. Uh, you know, you got Crabtree back fully healthy coming off a of bye week. You'll have Cooper, you know, hopefully fully healthy. But the Pats corners played a little bit better last week. Uh, they got Stephon Gilmore back. He was attacking the ball and, you know, doing things you like to see out of him. Yeah, his best game of the year for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so that might limit, you know, those guys' upside. It looks like a great spot for Jared Cook. Jared Cook is coming off a string of, you know, 100-yard games, top positional weeks himself, and now gets the New England Patriots that are allowing uh, the 20th most fantasy points to opposing tight ends and can get beaten in between the safeties on seam routes. So I like, you know, Jared Cook in this matchup. I think he's a tight end you want to start. Uh, even though it's scary when you say that about Jared Cook, I know, guys. No, I, I've been high, I was high on him all year. I think I had him uh, going into the season. I, I would have had. I think it was like my number eleven or twelve uh, tight end, which was like everyone else had been like in the twenties. So um, yeah. no, he's, he's he's doing it. He's been the one consistent producer. It's like it's amazing that uh, you know Amari Cooper has just done what he's one done. Game. Yeah, this year. Um, right when I had a trade offer for him too, then he th- threw up the 200 yards, and the guy's like, "No, no, I don't want to make it." It was a dynasty league. Like, I'm not going to make that trade anymore. It was for AJ Green. It was like it was like I offered him AJ Green for him to give me uh, Sammy Watkins and Amari Cooper, and he was initially going to do it, and then I think you would have robbed him there. Well, long term, long term, right? But if you're playing for this year, that's one. That's one of those things that's what fantasy is about, and that's where dynasty. You can turn your uh, fortunes around the next year by trading your high-end values for assets for next year. The thing you like about Cooper is, you know, week 7, 8, 9, he saw 19, yeah. 10, 9 targets. Uh, he's caught at least four passes in each for 48 yards uh, as the least. So the targets are starting to come his way. Because right, what was it before that? Wasn't he, didn't he have like five, 40? five, eight, two, six? Yeah, it was like 26 targets, whatever it was. For yeah. Group. Yeah, and then when you're talking about Cook, he's got a touchdown in each of his last four games. Yep. Yeah, like Cook, like uh, sort of like Cooper, sort of like Crabtree. Although I do think, you know, there is a chance for New England just to put the clamps on. Yeah. There, that is a chance. Who would they clamp on? Both. I mean, they've got two two corners that they could just lock guys up with. So that's why I sort of like Cook. 
uh, against the linebacker of the Pats. Yeah. Uh, linebacker. Yeah. Well, especially especially too now that uh, they don't have high tower. So that, that takes away a guy who's, who's getting good pressure and also a good run stopper and a good yeah. uh, you know short protector in the pass, too. So, so what about what about um, the run game yeah. is where the major questions are. Yeah. I mean, Marshawn Lynch, you know, arguably had his best game of the season before the bye week. Uh, I, I do sort of think he's in that RB2 flex range. It seems like there's a lot, a lot of players in that range, by the way. Yeah. What uh, it just shows you is that there's a lot of guys that there's, there's, there's not a whole lot of high-level confidence about yeah. uh, in these matchups. This is, yeah. you know, and you get mucking up weeks. And so this is one of those weeks where you know maybe it was like uh, last week or two weeks ago, probably it was more two weeks ago. I think last week was also kind of a mucked up type of a week in fantasy. You probably had in your leagues a lot of games where maybe you have a normally – uh, in a 12-team league, eight teams go over 100 points. Probably last week, you maybe only had two. Uh, this could be another one of those type of fantasy games, just because you have. It's just it just doesn't work. You know, even though you don't you don't have great uh, players sitting on on benches this week, it's just not a lot of great matchups for guys. And the, the guys that are the best players have some of the worst matchups of the week. Let's move on to fucking prime time where we prime do time. time where we do have some nice matchups this week. Oh, these are these, this is pretty. This is where I'm saving. Very my, pretty. I'm saving my DFS just to play prime time this week. Oh, nice. I like it. Um, all right. Well, our our two uh, night games. Uh, the first one we'll go into is on Sunday, and that's the Eagles at the Cowboys. Two hate two two comp- hated uh, fan bases. Um, after one another, and this is uh, this is a big one. So we'll start with visiting team Carson Wentz. What is he number two right now? Number three uh, quarterback in fantasy behind uh, who? Russell Wilson and and Cam Newton. I don't think Cam's up that high. But it could yeah. be after that he game is, last week. Is after the game. After the game last week, where you rushed for ninety-five yards. Yeah, it's Russell. Russell. No, no, Russell then Carson. Okay, I'm looking. I'm looking at standard on the uh, the. Oh, you know what? This isn't. Go ahead. This is not the pyro scoring. My bad. I, I, I reset. Russell my, uh, Carson, Alex Smith, Cam Newton, Dak Prescott. Yeah, yeah. Cam Newton's got an extra game. Yes, he does. Uh, but yeah, so Carson. Lighten it up. Definitely has the most touchdowns of any quarterback at 23. Yeah, Car- Carson's been playing at. Arguably an MVP level this season. His teams, you know, eight and one. They're in a great spot, you know, down the stretch to, you know, solidify a, you know, number one seed going into the playoffs. But now you play the Cowboys, who always sort of play you tough, tight games. But you know, no Sean Lee for the Cowboys. Uh, Shocker. No Ezekiel Elliott. And, and if there's no Tyron Smith, then we're looking at. You know, potentially what happened to the Cowboys last week. I'm expecting them to get steamrolled again. This is this is because at this point in time for where the Eagles are, right? And you're thinking about like, okay, uh, you know, with the record that they have, best record going in the uh, in the uh, NFC, uh, a chance to really cement the division at this point in time, especially with Ezekiel Elliott uh, on his backside. Um, the defense that they've had has just been an attacking, relentless type of a defense. The Eagles also now have had the benefit of the bye week after they acquired Jay Ajayi and already implemented him into their into their lineup in that week where they were using him in the two-minute drill in the first half when he got that touchdown. 
shows you the type of things that they're trying to do. They are just adding more pieces to it. This is one of those games where I can see you start Jayajai. I say you start Nelson Aguilar. I say you start, yes, Aguilar is a flex. I like it. I think you start Elshon Jeffrey confidently. Obviously, you're starting Carson Wentz. I, I think you might have a chance to, to play Corey Clement as well this week. I don't know about Corey Clement. I mean, look, uh, is it in a deeper league? And, or then maybe I'll put him here. He's that other cheap ass dart throw DFS play if you're looking I for I mean, him. that was just a miracle game that he I understand. Had. No, look, and I understand, especially with the Giant and the fact that you got Laguerre Blunt there too. But the difference is, is that I think the guy that takes the bigger hit is going to be Laguerre Blunt because things that Corey Clement does as a rookie is shows a little bit more splash and, and uh, ability. And I think that's where. With what they're doing, and, and again, Wentz is—they're they're, going to give him the ball when it makes sense. It's not like they're just going to force things into him. So, I just think this is a game that I—I I, I look at Dallas as having a very hard time keeping this game close. Yeah, I don't know. It depends if Tyron Smith's in. If he's not, they're going to—they're going to get uh, Dak's going to be on his back most of the game. I mean. Yeah, Philadelphia can get pressure. Oh my God! Uh, especially off the edge, and if you're playing those tackles that were playing last week, you're in trouble. Uh, but if he's in the lineup, Dak has been so good as a fantasy quarterback on his own that he should be able to keep it going. Uh, I'm not worried about Dallas being able to put up points if that guy's in the lineup because he's a road grader uh, for that team. They wouldn't even run to that side of the field with with the other guys in there. They were running the other way all day, uh, and you just knew it. So, twenty-five sacks, by the way, for the Eagles' defense. Yeah, so they, they are. They can get pressure. They've got you know guys on the inside and the outside that can just get after it. But you know, talking about Carson Wentz, I think he's locked into your lineup. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, you know, it's not the best matchup for him. And if we think they're gonna just sort of pour it on with the run game. And sort of put up big plays. I just think they're going to pour it on in every facet. This is going to be one of those. Do you guys talk about Ajay? Well, yeah, but I I really, my belief is this. It's going to be one of those games for Carson where he might throw three, I think he's going to throw at least three touchdowns, maybe four. He's not going to throw for 300 yards, though. It's going to be one of those 260, that manager hitting on the big plays, the way that he's doing it, and and I think they're going to run all over him. Is Ajay the, the, the workhorse? I think he's going to be a lot more implemented. Much. But I also think that if they do get up big, that's when they're going to use LeGarrette Blunt. Sure. Just hammer, hammer, hammer. But you don't want to that, hurt a guy through that. That's why I'm not worried about you know Corey Clement because he was sort of the guy they used as the pass catcher last week. And now that you know Ajayi knows some more of the uh, pass-blocking concepts, knows more of the routes, knows more of the calls in the passing game, is and you know he's an effective pass catcher that he's going to get more involved there as well. Uh, yeah, hopefully, I, hopefully he did his homework on his bye week. Uh, I, I think that's interesting, but at the same time too, I think with because uh, Small was not, is out, right? I mean, so with with him not there, I just look at Clement. Look, I just when you have those young talents and the teams like to cultivate their young talents, you know, we'll see. You know. It, or is he going to be, maybe you're right, and maybe it ends up being like Tariq Cohen, right, who showed the flashes now. We, we can, you can't hardly squeeze a uh, fantasy point out of Tariq Cohen anymore. But it seems like they like Clement. Um, 
Well, I'm excited to see what happens on that side of the ball. You don't. Uh, what, what's the name's hot? Alshon Jeffrey's hot. I'll say that right now. He's on, he's, he's, he's on a nice roll. Let's go over to the other side um, and quickly talk about the uh, Cowboys, and then we'll go to that Monday night game. Um, you, you saw that it was Alfred Morris got the uh, lion's share of, of the carries. Um, but McFadden got shit. Yeah, McFadden got shit, and you got Rod Smith is is that other guy. I, I What do you think on this if in this game and also rest of the season – um, I don't think you want anything to do with Alfred Morris against the Eagles. They are one of the best run defenses in the league, so I think you lean towards you know Rod Smith out of the backfield, and this being an aerial attack. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that could definitely happen, but it, a lot of it's going to hinge on the health of Tyron Smith, the left tackle, because if he's out, you know the other guys got you know bushwhacked. Adrian Claiborne <laughs> had six sacks. Adrian Claiborne hasn't had six sacks in a season in like six years. My Hawkeye, baby! Yeah! yeah he was it. so good his junior year in college. It was like, I thought he was going to be that type of a world dominator. And then his senior year, he started nope. getting double teams. Well, no, in his senior year in college, he got, started getting double teams and just wasn't able to, like, to, to break through them. And he's been a decent pro, but, you know, th- this was obviously the super highlight of his career by four. Yeah, yeah. so. Who else Who else you like in on the uh, offense? Des? I mean, I'm going to, I'm not going to love Such Des. Not, How could you love Des at this you're point? You're not a Des. I'm a Des being, and I, I no. can't even love he's, Des right now. He's, he's, a killer. he's like an RB2 or a wide receiver shares. two, wide receiver three. And like the the points just haven't become even though he was killing it early in the game, they just stopped throwing the ball because they couldn't go you know, they didn't have time to get him down the field on his twelve yard breaking route. Think about this, like when you think about like the guys uh uh, the the Des Bryants, the Antonio Browns, um, uh, the Mike Evans, these guys, they haven't had the games this year where they've just had like ridiculous 150, 160 yards and 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 all this stuff. It's like you're lucky to get it at, at, at one point. Des is like. Gives you 60 yards and starting to look good, and then he just disappears for the next quarter and a half. Or he doesn't, he I think it's coaching. Dez, obviously, is just not – he's not elite elite. But all every play that you see Dez make a play, it's along the sidelines. Why is he never in the center of the field? Why aren't they getting him on short route? It just seems like everything he does is on the sidelines. And it just seems like they don't move him enough. I don't know. Dez – well, Jordy That's, Nelson's in the same role, uh, basically, right now. Probably. But Jordy Nelson doesn't have uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Dez still has that. Yeah. Um, anyone else you want to talk about? Cole Beasley's been garbage. I mean, everything. Like, I don't want to start anybody if Tyron Smith's out, because if you can get no push time to throw. Yeah, no time to throw, and then, you know, maybe Cole Beasley gets the quick dump-offs and the extension of the run game. But Beasley's not getting himself 9, 10 targets where you can count on those underneath targets actually counting into any yards. You have to, unless it's red zone, it doesn't matter for him. It's we not, thought maybe he would get the uptick, and he had two catches last It, it didn't happen. All right, Monday Night Football is our last matchup. Uh, good times, good stuff, fellas. Um... Before we get into this, we're not going to do an ad or anything, but uh, make sure you follow on Twitter. Uh, Stag Party is at Pyro Stag. Um, and then our Twitter handle for um, myself is at Pyromaniac. It's P Y R O M A N 
the number one AC. Happy to announce I've had help along the way with guys like Stag Party and uh, a few other OC. Um, did a few and other people uh, from the start of the company. Not all me. Dogmatica did a handful as well. But um, over the last couple of days, we did do our 30th, 30,000th. Yeah, uh, tweet. Uh, that's uh, that's. I think the only thing I, I've done thirty thousand times in my life besides tweeting is jerking off. So it's good to know that. Um, uh, did they did they did they throw back like you? I saying? actually haven't jerked off thirty thousand. I did the math. I thought about it the other night. Oh, I must. <laughs> I, I, no, I did not. I not I possible. I can't have done that. The first like twelve years or eleven years. Yeah, they say there's only window. so. I mean, but dude, think about it. There's three hundred fifty-six days in in a year. You jerk off at least four times a day. <laughs> I mean, it can't take you that long. You gotta at least hit thirty thousand. <laughs> I like it, but I did do the math. It, it was impossible. Um, okay. <laughs> um, all right. Monday Night Football: Falcons at Seahawks. Let's start with the Falcons. Let's start with the news: uh, Devontae Freeman, second concussion protocol yep. of the season. What does this mean? I mean, he's probably definitely going to be out this week, right? Yep. I mean, um, plus it's Monday Night Football. You can't you really can't, wait yep. for him. Can't wait. Like, what for are your him. other options in this game if you wait? Unless you're a Tevin Coleman owner as well, then you're starting like a guy like J.D. McKissick, Eddie Lacy. Oh, you're in trouble. You know, maybe Thomas Rawls. You you really just have to at this point in time, and you have to make your decision. Hopefully, already. Well, by hopefully now. we'll get some news late in the week because this could be a thing that's cleared up by then. Yeah, I have a feeling I'm that, worried for him. I'm worried for him. Roger. I think it's one of those ones where you, where you rest him. Look, you got a guy in Tevin Coleman. Um, I understand that this is a big game and you, and you need the win and, and it's a tough division, you know, conference matchup. It's on the road. It's in Seattle, one of the toughest t- places to play. I think this is one of those ones though that Tevin Coleman would be ready for this type of an opportunity. You know what? I get to be the man. Let me be the man on the road I mean, against we Seattle. Seen it. Right. So let's, and this is what I've been talking about all the time, where I've always been high on Tevin Coleman because if something happens to Devonta Freeman, all of a sudden he's the man, well, now he should be the man this week. And I, I look at this as an ultimate measuring stick game. And this is really where Atlanta has to be as well. Who are we as a team? Uh-huh. You know, if you can't figure it out by now, and now you're going to know because you're on the road against Seattle in one of the tougher environments to play on prime time where it's even tougher to play. So can we step up? And I think Coleman has to be the guy that has to be that steadying force because I don't think that the way that this passing game has been going that you can count on that in order to take the, the crowd out of the game and to, uh, and, to, and, to, and to really hurt that defense early. I think you need to, to, to do it with the run and, and a good mix. I do think they looked much better passing the ball last week. And they started to get all the other guys involved like Austin Hooper yeah, and Taylor yeah. Gabriel and started to spread it around a little bit. And, and that gave Julio some room for some deep shots. Uh, so they much better on offense passing the ball last week. My question is with Tevin, Tevin Coleman is do they ride this guy for 25 or so touches? Or is he still going to be capped at 18 to 20 and then they're going to use Teron Ward and their other backup running backs? Because we saw that once Devonta Freeman went out last week is they were using Teron Ward uh, and they were using different backs instead of Tevin Coleman at times. So if he's overall capped for touches, that gives me some concern. But I'm out here starting, you know, Tevin Coleman in a flex spot where I'm deep at running back. Well, the thing is this: you have to look at it this way. Okay, they did that. Maybe it was 
based on game plan and whatever, and you wanted to keep Tevin uh, Fresher to have more of the bigger plays on the outside, I can get that. With If Freeman's not playing, this is what everyone that has have had. I mean, what else have I been talking about we've been waiting for as a Tevin Coleman fan for all this time is the chance to just have it be you. So... I, mean, I've got a I can't believe, and, and I watched it twenty or so times in those opportunities. But, but here's the other thing. I know, but here's the other thing that as a team, as the Atlanta Falcons, you got to figure out what you got with these two running backs because when it comes down to it, you're not going to be able to keep them both. Well, they just paid. DeMonte I know they paid Devonta yeah. Freeman, but look, there's you have to decide: Are we going to pay also into Tevin Coleman, or do we have to make a trade on him before we can get into? It's just kind of a bummer. But to you got to let him. You got to let him have his Scott Mitchell moment. You got to let him have his chance to. It's to, a bummer. To raise the stock. It's against the Seahawks. It's tough. Still a, a it's your ultimate stock raiser, though, Noonan. You, uh, you no, know, I'm, I'm down. I'm you down. Know, if he's got it all, you play they, they get the chance, and they're like, hey, they, they shouldn't have a, a be able to do well. It's a real tough matchup. No. That's when they excel. That's when they say, hey, look, to all the other teams out there, call me. I'm ready to play for you and sign a big Call contract. me. Quite potentially. Maybe. Um, what do you, let's talk about maybe. Yes. Call me. Let's talk about Julio. Is this? Uh, is, is I mean, with no Richard Sherman. Yes. You, it, it's a big difference. Uh, I mean, you're looking at what Jeremy Lane, who they tried to trade to the Texans, failed a physical, and now is back healthy enough and probably <laughs> a starter for him. Uh, so you got to like the matchup for him. Uh, you got to like the matchup for a guy like Sanu. Uh, Taylor Gabriel still probably on the periphery. And then, you know, Austin Hooper, you know, it's probably not a great matchup for him because he's still going to see a lot of that safety coverage. And Earl Thomas is expected to be back for this game. So you should have that safety duo. Uh, so there is some upside for Julio in this matchup because it is a Richard Sherman-less team. Yeah. Um, and the rest of the weapons, Tevin Coleman, you know, locked in as a high-end RB2, RB, you know, fringe RB1 this week. Um, you know, Hooper's probably that, you know, back-end tight end one, probably more like tight end two. And then, you know, Sanu's a wide receiver three, wide receiver four, flex type. Uh, and that's it. Can you start Matt Ryan? Uh, if you think his weapons are going to do well, that that's the major indicator. I think you know he's what? a back end QB one. Even without Sherman, it, uh, I don't. It's not as strong a start. I don't feel as comfortable. It's been, right. been a whole different year. Let's go over to the Seahawks. Our last game. Holy shit! It's already week eleven. Let's start with uh, Wilson. Lock him in. Lock him. Load him. As you talked about earlier, the running backs uh, is it just question marks. City. Uh, now with CJ Procise on IR for the year, it looks like JD McKissick is going to be much more involved. You know, have that role. So is I. He do, a rookie. Uh, I think it, no. I think he's like second year guy. The thing is, it depends on the technicalities of your league. Yeah. Because he was on practice squads and stuff. Uh, he wasn't in the district draft class though. Okay. Yeah. Um, so along those lines, you know, he could be a guy against the Atlanta Falcons defense who struggle to contain opposing passing backs. Mm-hmm. So maybe he has a little bit more impact than a guy like Thomas Rawls uh, this week. But then, you know, looking at the pass catchers, you know, Doug Baldwin's probably locked into your lineup. Sure. Uh, Tyler Lockett, you know, boom, bust, wide receiver, five. You know, well, I'm, more receiver on, I'm on the Richardson thing because I'm, I'm one of those guys that was smart enough to pick him up a couple weeks ago, and I like this matchup for him. Do you? I mean, you just, it's the same, it changes. There's no difference. It's it's 
it's too long, nice plays, but there's it's a volumeless. I look at the why I like it more. It's prime time. Paul Richardson makes plays in prime time. When they're on island games, that's when Paul Richardson makes plays. Why is it that you remember like five Paul Richardson plays? Because they were on Monday Night Football. Well, all his plays, every play he's made his whole career has been a big play, essentially. Right. Or a great, or a great catch. And either either in the playoffs or on prime time when you're watching that only that game. All right, fair enough. Um, Jimmy, 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 locked him in. He's he's gonna close out the season. I mean, he's closing out the season strong. They're using him in the red zone. They're using him in the ten yard line. They're running him on you know outside post routes, slants, and just post up plays. So he's locked into the lineup. He's he's number five right now. He's, he's moved up handsomely over the last few weeks. He's number five tight end uh, in, in in default standard scoring. So um, all right, I think uh, I think we covered everyone right. I think so. Yep. You guys good? I'm good. Oliver Dollar. Wednesday, you know, we've done it, we've done the show Wednesday a couple times lately instead of Tuesday, but that's just the way things go. We've got lives outside of this, but we appreciate you listeners, whether old or new, joining us on this journey. We love talking about fantasy football. My mind is blown that literally the next time we do this podcast, it'll be week 12, and there will only be um, five shows left. Uh, in the regular season, uh, good good stuff. Stick with it. You know the most important thing I can think I can say is even if you're on a, a, touching a playoff spot, and even if you only got two or three weeks, four weeks left, as long as you're in it, keep making the moves. Don't be that d bag in the league that just fucks it off. If you're listening to our two and a half hour show, you're probably not that guy, but. Keep pushing, keep making moves, and you you can you can make it happen, and it could be your season. And as as weird as this has been as a fantasy year, like I was talking with Stags, like I got leagues where you we have a there are twelve team leagues, we have four teams that are five and five, uh, no five teams that are five and five, five teams that are four and six, and then two teams that are up 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 toward the top. So. It's wide open. Everybody's in there. And the other thing is, like, I was reading Stags, you're talking, like, you, you see these things on CBS. Like, oh, here's your next opponent. And I'm, like, in this league, I'm, I'm, I was 2-8 uh, and eight going into this one. It's like, had you played this guy's schedule, you would be 8-2. and two. I'm like, fuck you. I didn't need to know that. I hate, I hate that shit. <laughs> I hate that shit. Uh, I love it when it works in my favor. And right. then the word, the best part is when all your stats kill, like, Lifetime, you've beaten this guy 10-2. Right. But this season, and then all of a sudden the guy copies and pastes everything except for the Lifetime. Right. Puts it on the thread, like, hey, douchebag, you conveniently <laughs> left out the fact that I'm beating you 10 out of our 12 vis- uh Games. So speaking of that, so we are ready to close it with the music. Yeah, this is good. End. It's black and brown tribal boogaloo. Love you guys. Let's do it. Win this week.
We having a little party? Have we forgotten that the use of marijuana is illegal? Well, I have, um, glaucoma. I get nervous in crowds. Herpes. Then <laughs> <laughs> you won't mind if I search your bike now, would you? Go ahead. You won't find shit. Get up. Come on, baby. Man, you guys even real cops look like the kids on the Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> if this one is not, I'm the <laughs> I know, right? I know. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's when you show us a little respect. Fuck you, pig. Hey, you want me to beat your dick off? You want to beat my dick off? I'll beat your dick off with both hands. What's up? Let's go. That's weird, man. I think what he was trying to say was he's going to punch you so many times around the genital area that, that your dick's just going to fall off. 